0: Helios, I trust that scratch hasn't made you
1: useless. Hardly, my lord. It's just an eye. God so fit to grace me with a spear. Leonidas, a hunchback traitor has led Xerxes' immortals to the hidden goat path behind us. The forces you posted there were scattered without a fight. This battle is over, Leonidas. Battle is over. When I say it is over. By morning, the immortals will surround us. The hot gates will fall. Spartans! Prepare for glory! There is no glory to be had now. Only retreat or surrender. Or death. Well, that's an easy choice for us, Arcadian. Spartans never retreat. Spartans never surrender. Let each among them search his own soul. No retreat, no surrender. That is Spartan law. And by Spartan law, we will stand and fight and die. A new age has begun. An age of freedom. And all will know that 300 Spartans gave their last breath. To defend it! Oh, oh, oh.
2: I watched that movie.
1: I've got something in my throat.
3: And he's very beautiful, but he needs to kind of clear his throat. Martins,
1: now. does anyone have a tissue?
2: And this is all true. Why, hello, it is 8 minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of 11, and this, the month of February in the year of our Lord 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. Live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, The Talker. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson radio program. And there is that moment in 300 where it sounds for all the world as now he is. Where is it? There's something here. Maybe I'll I can play it again later on. It sounds for all the world like he's about to say,
1: Hans never say
2: die. It sounds like he's about to bust out like the Sean Ashton Gooney speech. You really ought to see that movie.
3: I want to. No, I'm, I'm in love with that. What's his last name? Gerard?
2: Gerard Butler? Dude, no. he is
3: hot, hot, hot. Uh, I think my head might explode because he's running around all like shirtless and stuff the whole time. Shirtless
2: right? and all kind of greased up and dirty, but in kind of a hot sort of a way. Here's, here's the thing about 300. As they say in Tropic Thunder, um, 300 is full retard. I mean, not half. It's full retard. It's great. Don't get me wrong. It's wonderful, but it's wonderful for all the same reasons that it's ridiculous. 300, and there's a several, like, other movies that fall into this category. It'd probably be Fight Club and, like, Cool Hand Luke, where it's sort of gay porn for straight guys. Because there's just a whole bunch of, I mean, it's just a bunch of dudes. They're running around all shirtless and greased up and then giving each other sort of motivational speeches and then and then just cutting off a guy's head with, it, with a sword and then, you know, and then kind of holding the head aloft for the vanquished enemies to see. It's kind of like Glengarry Glen Ross, uh, but like with... Uh, like with some sort of illicit human growth supplement and then lots of blood. There you go. Best ever riff on that movie, by the way, is, I think it was, uh, I think it was Mike Nelson that did the, he uh, said, this is part of a nutritious breakfast. Anywho, it is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503 503- Seven three three two nine seventy. 2970 If you'd like to uh, join us today And why wouldn't you, my chums uh, With your comments, questions, clarifications, ruminations Ponderings, musings, whatever it is uh, that you have It's 503-733-2970 503 If you'd like to get on board Richie Bristol is standing by Ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations About the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, As Alfred Hitchcock used to pronounce it uh, Or the mundane You can also email if you like It's rick at rickemerson.com, rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah at 970.am, or Richie with a T at 970.am. Coming up later on today, our good friend Dave Schmidtke will be uh, joining us today, favoring us with some readings of the news. Uh, From Willamette Week, Kelly Clark will be in the studio later on. We'll be doing the top five, well this is not what she's doing, Kelly Clark will be here from Willamette Week and she's, uh, it's, it's sort of, they do this thing on Wednesdays. And we're gonna. I think it's probably twice a month, maybe like every other Wednesday, uh, she'll pop in because they do the sort of like five things you got to do in Portland this week, mm-hmm. especially now what with the challenging economy and all. And there is, I believe, a Harold and Maude sing-along happening <gasps> somewhere. So there you go. Think on that. Yeah. Okay, that is awesome. So she'll be talking about that. Anyway, so Kelly Clark from Willamette Week will be here. In addition to, but separate from that, uh, we'll be uh, counting down the top five most apocalyptic-sounding singles of all time. Uh, You know, because everything is just deep, deep, deep in the suck right now. So we'll be counting on the top five most apocalyptic-sounding singles. Uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com will join us. And we have, let's see, uh, lots of stuff to give away. So today we're going to be giving away to one random on-air caller. Yes, it's a NASCAR DVD. NASCAR, The Ride of Their Lives, on DVD. Tell me more, Rick Emerson. Well, Sarah, get ready. The Ride of Their Lives is coming to DVD. Narrated by Academy Award winner Kevin Costner. Probably in some sort of completely unconvincing Boston accent. This adrenaline filled journey takes you through the history and heroes of NASCAR. It's the story of NASCAR, Sarah, as told by the legends who lived it. A must own DVD for all NASCAR fans available from Paramount Home Entertainment, CMT Films, and NASCAR Media Group on DVD uh, February 10th, which I think is actually yesterday. So, uh, NASCAR, the right of their lives on DVD. Uh, we will be giving that away to one random on air caller today at 503 733. Uh, Two nine seventy. Uh, we will also do another installment of Happy Valentine's Day or not. Your chance to win a ProFlowers.com gift card worth seventy-five dollars. Today we'll be reading another breakup story, augmented by a breakup story probably from Richie Bristol. Um, and I was actually asking Kelly Clark from willamette about this, and I said, so I said, you know, we we do this thing or we read a breakup story and then somebody else reads one, so we all feel more bonded together. I said, do you have, do you have anything, you know, you, you, you know, if you don't, that's not a big deal, but do you have any sort of bust-up stories you don't mind sharing? And she gave me sort of the broad overview of one, and then she said, but I don't think that's very radio-appropriate. And it's not my business to say what it is, so I won't reveal it, but when she gets here, we're going to sort of lean up just between you and I. We're going to lean on her a little bit and see if she'll spill it. Because it's not not that bad. No, see, it's not bad at all. It's Maybe if
3: I gave her a summary of the three days that I did it. Would make her feel better?
2: Yeah, and here's why. And again, I won't reveal... uh very carefully because I really died you know she said you didn't want to talk about it and so that's fine I mean who knows who knows why that is she said well I've got this breakup story but it's probably not appropriate for the radio and then she gave me just just like a two-line description and I emailed her back and I said first of all I mean not that not that it really matters I guess but you can really don't listen to the show all that much because it, like our definition of what is appropriate to share is just so so unbelievably different from that definition as understood by the rest of the world it's very elastic and I said also, you know, we've all been sharing some breakup stories, and yours really isn't that, it's not that out there. It is, um, I will put it this way. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week, her breakup story is within shouting distance of one that you told, Sarah. We'll put it that way. Okay. And But it's It's on her if she wants to say more than that. So uh, when she gets so to hear that here, how was, I should
3: convince her? Should I give her, um, like, a rap...
2: Yeah, I mean, and I think what we'll, do, you know, we'll just do what we always do. We'll just keep people in a dimly lit room until their will breaks and they start revealing things that they never intended to. So there you go. I mean, it's like that time that I mean, Dawn Taylor never did tell that story about some horrible gynecological visit. Oh,
3: she told me it's pretty horrible.
2: Really? hmm
3: Oh yeah, we have to get her to tell it
2: on the uh, air. Right, because I think she started to tell, and we had to go to a break, and we never finished on the other side. Anyway, uh, so that's coming up today. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week, Mister Skin from MrSkin.com. dot com, will do the top five apocalyptic sounding singles uh... what else Cena radio correspondent Lisa Dejardin will join us uh... from capitol hill now today she might join us in actuality as opposed to just sort of a theoretical joining us yesterday which didn't really happen in, in real life was it like an actual speaking with us yeah was... we
3: never really found out what happened with her.
2: Oh. no it was nice of them to follow up and let us know why she oh wait i almost emailed her last night by the way to say like hey what was what was up with an area man wants to know why you never called the show? What's up with that?
3: I'll just say, like, I haven't had any emails from Tyler for about a week, so I was kind of afraid to even write him and ask him about it. I'm yeah. Like, I don't want to poke the bear.
2: And see, and that's the thing, I didn't because I don't want to be that guy. I mean, like, I'm, uh, you know, say, stirring up. I don't want to be causing Discord. I'm not an issue. We'll it we today. Yes, we will, Sarah. CNN <laughs> uh, radio correspondent Amanda Moyer will join us today. She's talking about, yes, an exciting trend of people naming their babies either Barack or Obama. Uh, so, because, you know, it's not just for plates anymore. So we'll talk to her about that. Because I got this... Because I heard something about the White House trying to crack down on people who were, you know, it, it, selling stuff. Because, you know, have you seen that Barack Obama chia pet? Because the guy told us about it, and then I went online and looked at it, and there's this hilarious, like, time... It's like this animated GIF, this time-lapse thing where it shows, like, the... I mean, it's like a chia fro. There's just no other way to talk. It, 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 you know, it was, it's pretty amazing. It, it's it, It's unbelievable. It's everything that makes this country great. So... I guess the White House is trying to sort of bust down on that to keep people from just sticking Barack Obama's name on everything and selling it. But they can't do anything about the babies. So uh, we will uh, talk to Amanda Moyer about that. And then see in a radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum. Brace yourselves, kids. Yes, he'll be talking about the Westminster Dog Show, which is a thing I just don't. And here's the thing about the, the dog show. Not only don't I care, I actively dislike it. I dislike it. I dislike everybody there. The only thing I don't really dislike is the dogs themselves, and I dislike some of them. Uh, every time you see a dog, it's got, like, the shaved ankles and a bunch of ribbons in its hair. that's the dog doesn't need to do it, because that's a cat. That's the thing. If you Here's you know, a little FYI for me to you. Just a little little secret. It's a little the inside uh, dope for me to you, friends. That if you have a dog that has dyed any number of colors, or if you spend a lot of time, like... I don't know, like braiding up its, 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 its hair, like threading little sort of threads or ribbons or any sort of decorative items through its fur, you no longer have a dog. You have a cat in a dog suit. So, and as such, you will be treated accordingly. You will be treated like a cat person. I'm just saying. Um, all right, let's see. What else? Well, that's probably it. Oh, we got two... We have two little zombie stories. At some point, we got to get a zombie watch. So that's not today, but we got these. Uh, these. And we've got stories. to use that uh, Jonathan Colton song in some way for it. Yes, we do. Uh, let's see. We'll get to some of your calls here in a moment. Um, and I got these. Uh, I got these two emails to read before we do anything else. But uh, first and foremost, we are joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillman. Hello. How are you?
3: Hello. I'm doing well.
2: Right. How was your evening? Was it satisfying? Did you sleep?
3: Was, I did sleep. I went in uh, saw my therapist yesterday. Oh boy. And. Um,
2: I. But I mean, which? I'm sorry. No, no, no. What?
3: Wait, no, no. Yeah, I went to... No, I went and had a, done, I saw my therapist. Yesterday. Okay,
2: all right. I thought you said something else for a second. No. Okay, it rhymed with something else, and I didn't think you'd said that. Okay. The, okay. I don't even
3: know what that would rhyme with. No, and then uh, I went over to my friend's house and watched that move, that Hallmark movie that you gave me.
2: Oh, this is... Okay, we haven't oh, talked about this. Oh,
3: Sweet Baby Jesus.
2: So I got an email the other day from the people at the Hallmark Television Channel, and they said this is really... This is one of the, the kind of the cool perks that comes with having a job in the media is that people always want you to talk about their stuff. Um, And so when Todd Tolstis was here on Tuesday, he was like, Uh, so when I worked for Melody Maker, like, uh, MCA Records flew me down to... uh... You know, to Jacksonville to see Leonard Skinner in a club of 15 people. We don't get that, Mm -hmm. but I do get the Hallmark Channel (laughs) emailing me going, Hey, would you like to have an advanced screener copy of our new crap movie that's going to be airing in two weeks? It
3: was awful. What is
2: it called? Before You Um, Say I Do? Before You Say
3: I Do. It's about this guy who who falls in love with this girl, but she had married the wrong man 10 years earlier, and now he wanted to marry her, but she was just too messed up from the first marriage, so she wasn't able to commit, and she runs off, and so... They have this stupid thing where every time they drive through a yellow light, like, he, he makes a wish. And one time he's driving through a yellow light and he makes a wish. He's like, I wish that I had met her ten years ago. And then, you know, of
2: course, flash car crash
3: And the car crash. Coma. Flashback. He's in, uh, it's ten years earlier, and he meets Never her three nice. days before she's going to marry the wrong man. Of course. Right. And the guy is just so creepy throughout the entire thing. Cause he's just, like, staring at her lovingly, and, like, he's just met her. And just, I don't know. It was the worst thing ever. Plus, all the audio was a little off because it's not the final, you know, the final product. Yeah, it's a screener like, copy. it says it's like not for done. screening purposes only yeah. on the bottom, and then it'll like stop and say like commercial break number two, you know, and then at the end it, it says like credits here.
2: Was it an excuse to have a lot of like weird retro clothing and music? Like oh my god, it's 1992. There were
3: so many like. Oh, God. He said something. There was the first pun after he woke up and the cops were seeing if he was okay. He's just like, oh, I don't know if I... He's like, I I thought it kind of looked like a smart car. And the cop's like, that car can't be that smart if it crashed into you. God. Just all these horrible things. And it had like that horrible Rob Thomas, like Santana song.
1: Smooth. Yeah. Yeah. And playing that
3: a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of 90s (laughs) songs. And then stop it all off. Oh, am I giving this away because it hasn't premiered yet?
2: You don't want to ruin the Hallmark film. Pre- Go ahead and give it away. No one cares.
3: Okay. And so the guy is an ad executive, too, and so he goes to this advertising agency that he works at, you know, 10 years later, but now it's 10 years before, so sure. he comes up with all these kooky advertising schemes like Yo Quiero Taco Bell and... Um,
2: wow. And This is like a combination of a whole bunch of other movies that I've seen that were themselves not all that good. Did you ever see that movie? Crazy People with... You haven't. Uh, With Dudley Moore and Daryl Hannah? No. No, Sarah says. And then Rick says... There's no need to. But it's, it's about an ad uh, guy. He's a copywriter. But I think he actually is, he's like broken out of an insane asylum. So he comes up with these crazy ad campaigns because, you know, he's from a mental asylum. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the crazy ad campaigns, they work, Sarah, because he's telling the plain truth. They totally do. Like there's this ad for, like, for Volvos. The carney's like, you know, Volvos, they're boxy, but they're good. And everybody's like, that's crazy. You can't say that. And then, of course, it's a huge thing. Have you ever read that book, Replay? No, it's a novel called Replay, and here's the weird thing about the novel Replay. There's two two weird things. Is uh, I'll just say this. There's a novel Replay that came out in about 1988, 89. I mean, the book's like 20 years old. I was at uh, 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 Barnes and Noble or something the other day, like at the like at Lloyd Center, walking through, and there was a huge. Like one of those big end-of-aisle displays at the bookstore with a huge cardboard thing and a poster and, like, a bunch of the books spread out as though it were a brand-new book, and it's not. It's a book that's 20 years old, but it had this brand-new cover on it, and it was a huge sort of setup that the book company had paid to have there. So my guess is that there's going to be a movie of it coming out, and that's why they're trying to make the book popular again. But it's, it's this book replay is a novel that's basically the same thing. It's where a guy has a heart attack, and he wakes up, and it's like he's, like, 15 years old. And so, but he has all the memories of, you know, what's going to come in the future. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: it's actually kind of an interesting premise. He has a heart attack when he's like 50. He wakes up at 15 years of age. So he wakes up, you know, 35 years earlier, but remembers everything that's going to happen. So he does all the stuff of like betting on sports games because he knows the outcome and whatever. And so then he lives his whole life. But this time he has a heart attack at 49. And then he wakes up again at fifteen, and then the net, he lives all those, ways, and then has a heart attack at forty-eight. And so every time he lives one year less, mm-hmm. but he keeps reliving the same thirty-five or whatever years of history. But it's all of that crazy stuff about you know he, you know where he, uh, like at one point he he mentioned something to somebody about like. Um, God, he makes some dumb observation about uh, about Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom or whatever, and some. It's, it's, it, but it's stupid. It's the same thing about where he's you know he has all that crazy knowledge about stuff that's going to happen in the future that mm-hmm. nobody believes. So, all right, well, let's no, talk it about was a great film.
3: Oh man, it was so so terrible. It, it was. The worst thing ever. So watch it on the Hallmark Channel. This uh,
2: Valentine's Day. Sure, bring it, it in so I can watch it. Hey, I the... almost
3: did because I want you to see it because it was so terrible so that we can make fun of it.
2: Well, that's like you with 300. You have to see 300 because yeah. it's, don't get me wrong, I love 300. It's a great movie. 300, though, is, here's what 300 is. And I use this analogy a lot. You know those, like, weird uh illusion paintings where it's like, it's one thing, but then you kind of look at it and it be, the painting is also something else.
3: Oh, like the magic
2: well, not that, but it's like... Are you like,
3: thinking of, like the candle the Yeah, it's face. like... That's okay. the one
2: I was you where it's two people kissing, but then... Oh, it's also a candlestick. Or
3: like the young woman the old lady?
2: Exactly. Yeah. So, that's... The thing about 300 is, if you're in like the guy action movie mode, it's one of the best action movies you will ever see in your life. And hands down, it's like flat out unbelievably great. But if you're just like, I want to watch something that is that is just absurd and and ridiculous and implausible... And hilarious, but in a way the filmmakers never intended. 300 also works for that purpose. Okay. I it's, shall watch it for that purpose. It's so great. And plus, you'll love it because it's just, a, again, it's a bunch of, like, shirtless dudes with six-packs. And, like, they're all kind of grubby, but kind of hot and kind of grubby and kind of hot and kind of grubby. And, you know, anyway. And and and, 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 and it's got that guy, Gerard Butler, who shouts everything. You know? You he's know, so hot. I just saw him in P.S. I Love You. And he's just like... And he was also in
3: Phantom of the Opera. Oh,
2: no, and, and it's just... it's so ludicrous. Would you get me some coffee, honey? Okay, would you... Wouldst thou like some cream? Yes, and some sugar. You know, I mean, everything he says in the film is delivered in that in that one in that one and I was, tone of
3: voice. Are his rock hard abdomen straining when he's doing it? Spartans, has anyone seen my car keys? My god, you so loud. <laughs> All
1: right.
2: Anywho, here's the thing. Here's why I was thrown off and talking about your therapist earlier. You said uh, something, and I was uh, looking down to see where my scene and prep sheet was. So I apologize because I wasn't so paying like the closest of attention. And when you said something about going to see your therapist, I thought you said going to see that guy I kissed. And okay. I was, in my head, I was thinking, what? Who? Is this a thing I know about? Are we talking about this or are we not talking about this? So, all right. So are you less crazy today than you were last week?
3: Oh, boy, am I. Oh, no, it's still it's still the delving into the childhood, you know, like, after, you know, since I had to move all the time, she's just like, so how what was that like for you? And I'm like,
2: oh, God. Is she doing your whole life chronologically, if no. I can ask?
3: No, no, no. Just because we hadn't really talked because it's It started... It's working backwards. I was, like, talking about things that were going on in my life now, and then now it's getting, like, to when I was younger.
2: At any point, has your therapist actually said, tell me about your mother or father or parents?
3: Oh, yeah, of course. And I'm just like, I have a good relationship with them, and then... I don't don't know. She's still, I think, trying to figure me out.
2: So, I don't know.
3: But I really like her, so it's... It's fun. I, I like going in there
2: and, you know, and having a chat with her. Well, then you, and then you, here's the great thing about going to the therapist. You come out, and even if you're still crazy, you feel like it's a little bit less your fault. Like, oh, I did my part. I mm-hmm. went to the shrink today. If I'm still crazy for the next week, it's I, I am I am blameless. I'm You know, I'm I'm doing my half of the equation. Indeed. All right. It's 503-733-2970. We'll get these calls. We'll break. We'll come back with Lisa Desjardins. Hello. How are you?
4: Good morning, Rick. How are you? This morning? How can I help you, sir? Very well. Hey, yeah, I was uh, caught a little bit of like us last night. You talked about some uh, low-speed chase down in L.A. Somebody's driving a very expensive Bentley who uh, ended up blowing their brains out. I'm not sure if he actually said who it was or they were alluding to it. it might have been Chris Brown. I, you know, well, no, uh, no. Let's I don't...
2: Be, hold on. Let's stop right now. Let's make very clear about this. It wasn't it wasn't Chris Brown because, the, yeah, there was a whole thing in L.A. yesterday where there was a slow-speed chase and a guy in a car, and it was a big deal. And I think this is my remembering of that story. I do believe The news media in L.A. made some noise about, is this Chris Brown in the car? And, of course, it's not. But then, later on, the guy, I think the guy ended up killing himself, which then, and, of course, the media has this stupid policy if they won't report suicides which did the nifty trick of, of of removing the story from the news because it's like, we're not going to cover it because it's a suicide. So the media then in L.A. never had to admit that they were wrong about the whole thing because since it's a suicide, they're not going to talk about it anymore, so they never have to come and fess up to the fact that they were just spreading misinformation all over the television in L.A. Yeah, that's the... So I don't know. I don't think it ended up being anybody of, of note, sir. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks. All right. One more, then we break. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
1: Rick. You. Mike Chase. Can uh, you hear me? I'm yelling. Hello, Hello, Mike Chase.
5: Hey, uh, I've been trying to call you for about a week now about your uh, video that you're playing—that uh, video rodeo thing you got going there with the unholy video.
2: Oh, with the the glass ass, yes, sir.
5: Yeah. So um, I tried to watch it and I was unsuccessful. And then the lovely Mrs. Chase watched the whole thing and didn't even didn't even twitch an eyebrow.
2: Yeah, same thing with Sarah. She made it all the way through.
3: Yeah, it did not. I, I don't know. Like the two girls were that thing is so much worse. So I
5: heard that, so now I've developed a theory, and I don't know if you, this is like a half-baked theory, I'm, I'm sorry it's not, you know, completely baked or whatever, but it might be uh, interesting, that women have a hard time, and this seems counterintuitive, that women have an easier time that is watching that video than men. And I don't know if that's
1: something you've
5: noticed.
2: Well, I I I
3: would think so, too, because I have a couple of girlfriends who have watched it and it didn't bug them as much either.
2: And, you know, I would actually say even with the two girls, one cup thing, Sarah, notwithstanding, we had a bunch of listeners come in to watch the two girls, one cup, and the only person who made it all the way through was a woman, and she did it more or less without flinching. So it is some, I don't know, maybe it's a, I don't know, maybe men have a more active imagination in some ways, which is why they, when they see it, it's sort of a projecting oneself into the situation and women are able to separate the two.
5: Or maybe women. This sounds dumb, but maybe women, because they give birth and they're they're used to that kind of stuff. They're used to like that sort of, you know, tearing and weirdness. And I, I don't know.
3: <laughs> tearing and weirdness, Mike. I'm not used to the tearing and
5: weirdness. <laughs> the T. The T and the W is. I think that's what they call it in the medical field.
2: Sarah, your uh, your autobiography should just be called Tearing and Weirdness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I don't know. It, one does sense, though, that the way the Internet uh, permeates the popular culture and the way that we become sort of a media-saturated, very meta-focused uh, society, it yeah, probably, probably is only going to be like 10 or 12 years before there's uh, some dissertation or master's thesis or some such that references one of these, you know, the, the, the references like the spread of the two girls' one cup thing or, or yeah. this or whatever. So, I don't You know what
5: I do, Wace, as I say goodbye here? I wish that I... Um because I'm driving in my car. I wish that I could to make a wish at this yellow light and go back right before I watch that video.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Call back. Well done, sir. <laughs> Thank right, right, you, Mike. See. All right. There you go. All right. Spartans, we're going to take a brief commercial break.
3: And then we'll talk to Richie because we never got to.
2: <laughs> then we'll go to Richie who is wearing a sequined headband. <laughs> All right. Uh, back after this. Don't go anywhere. That's freaky yeah that could be it uh, okay that's great why hello it's the rick emerson radio program it's 503-733-2970 503 uh 733-2970 ladies and gents uh, coming up later on a radio correspondent amanda moyer we'll talk to steve Caston. i'm kelly clark from do you ever just have a moment where you really it's not just like a theoretical deafness you realize you actually are just losing your hearing that was me just now I yeah, didn't. I was wondering
3: where well, you're looking out panically. I'm like, I'm hearing the music. I didn't hear
2: the music, but at all. It was playing, and I didn't hear it. And I thought maybe it was like one of those frequencies that only elephants could hear or something. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the hill. I can hear that. Uh a radio correspondent, Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. How are you today? Hey,
6: there. How are you doing?
2: I'm, uh, I'm okay. I'm apparently going deaf, but hey, what can you do? Nobody's perfect.
6: like new music. I'm sorry? Oh, apparently I'm the only one hearing the music.
2: Okay, now I can hear uh, the bed we just came back from the break with on her end of the phone. That's really bizarre.
6: Yeah, that was pretty weird. Wow, huh?
2: Yeah, that return bed that just played. I could just now hear it on. I could hear it on on her end. It was like y- you're hearing like a little kind of a techno bed.
3: Yeah, on, yeah. I we'll, we'll come in here and push all the buttons on the board. All right, are
2: you hearing anything else right now?
3: No, no, just you guys. Okay.
2: Well, okay, what that's... about that
3: three? Okay, I'm gonna start playing flirt. No, can you hear that?
2: Nope. Okay. All, all right. Well. Well, there you go. It's just just something to not make the day more interesting. That's fantastic. Hey. All right, hey. Um, uh, so every single day they claim that no, 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 we're moments away from getting this stupid stimulus package you know, thing really, done. It's we not. That's not
6: moments away though. We really, it really.
2: But you're lying. See, that's the thing. That's just a lie, Lisa. Yeah, well, that's it's,
6: the... a, it's not a lie if you include the word may, which is. <laughs> 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 it's just deceptive.
2: Okay. <laughs> win all right there you go that's right there you're just worth your weight in gold just because of that clarification and distinction well done um all right well here's the thing is like this business that like no no no, you you, you've either got to like pass it or not pass it because passing it or not passing it is either going to make or ruin the you know the economy in other words like the whole country is just we're all going to go up in, in smoke if we don't get it immediately well clearly that's Clearly that's not true. I mean, that when they say that, like, we've got to get the stimulus package through because otherwise everything is going to be ruined, that's obviously just not true because, like, no one wants to be ruined, right? Like, no one wants to live in a country where you're just sitting out there eating tins of cat food in the gutter. So I think... So you're saying it's not true because no one wants it to be true? No, no, no. I'm saying, like, look, here's the thing. Even if you take a lead partisan politics out of this, but let's just there's people for the stimulus package and there's people who are against it, as they say in New England. (laughs) Well, right. look, even if you are even if you are ideologically opposed to Barack Obama and and, and you, you, you know, you, let's just say because, you know, there's a lot of Republican opposition. So I don't mean to pick up Republicans. This is the way the game is shaking out right now. Look, I mean, Republicans, uh, you, know, you know, I would say maybe more than most Republicans like having money around. Republicans uh, value having some cash in the bank. <laughs> Republicans clearly have uh, like everybody else. They have their own uh, interests at heart. So. It, it, clearly no one really believes that the stimulus package is vital because otherwise they would have already passed it because if they really thought that not passing it was going to result in all of us everywhere in the country being ruined and being overrun by Canadians or something, like they would have just taken care of it. You know what I mean?
6: I don't know. I, I Maybe I'm kind of buying what they're selling a little bit too much here, but I think the argument that you would hear from uh, Washington, I guess, Washington, is that every day this is every day that the country doesn't take action that the government doesn't take action will mean a longer recession, and that will mean more people out of work for longer and even though you know our country's not gonna disappear, we're not all going to you know night of the comet style turn into piles of ashes
2: night of the comet, really
6: how about it? Yes, Good
2: for you all right well done okay
6: <laughs> you know so hopefully that can be avoided um and and but the feeling is that. Without action, it, there, there really will be serious economic trauma that is worse. And it's, it's something you're not going to feel today or tomorrow or next month, but something that essentially could happen months down the road and therefore can never really be proven or unproven, which is the nice thing about this argument for the people who make it. But that is how the economy works, that it, that there is that lag effect. And it does seem like things are still so fragile that even if even if this isn't true, even if the economic stimulus package doesn't matter anymore, it's the old perception is reality, and Wall Street thinks it matters. So if they don't pass it, then we've got a whole problem on Wall Street then because of this expectation game. So, so it, for multiple reasons, they're saying that it has to be done. And, and actually, and right now we have uh, the Capitol Hill press corps is all bunched up in one big cluster. Let's I can be a little voyeuristic see if we can listen in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we can't get any specific conversations, but there's a,
4: there
2: appears to be quite a, uh, quite a, a harumph going on. It is
6: a big harumph. They're all waiting because, uh, in 15 minutes is when the House and Senate negotiators are supposed to meet in public, uh, to talk about what the final deal should be in conference committee. They didn't, you know, those are things that sometimes are behind closed doors, but this one in the public, that's nice, but the truth is all of the real Issues are being worked out behind closed doors. And when they get a deal, they'll walk down the hall past this big group of reporters, and then, uh, you know, they'll have the paper and they'll say, We have a deal. Here's what it is. We understand from our sources that this deal, this final House Senate version, is going to be $789 billion, that it does cut some of the money for tax cuts that was in the original proposal that uh, initially. Individuals were going to get $500 in tax cuts. Families, a thousand. That's now down to $800 per family and $400 uh, per person. So still so a tax cut for middle class, working class people. Uh, the other details we're not sure of. Apparently, some more money for education. We're still waiting to hear.
2: I just, I the only reason. Pardon me. The only reason I yep. sort of bring this up is because I, uh, you know, every now and again, I know the people that have that. Rick Emerson. He's just a mouthpiece for the, he's a mouthpiece for the liberal elite is what he is. And
6: that's not the first time I've heard that today. No,
2: and I'm just, really, about me?
6: No. Oh,
2: I'm just saying. I mean, because I would be sort of flattered. I'd be like, really? <laughs> t- t- tell happen. me. It happened. You know, hoping that maybe Bob Novak or somebody, maybe a sworn enemy. Um, but... Um, is Bob Novak dead? I can't remember.
6: No, he's not dead, but he's very sick.
2: Okay, I couldn't, I couldn't quite remember. I, I swear to God that I. I need
6: to double check that. I haven't checked on Bob Novak. Like I'll admit, in a couple of weeks, but I, I believe he's just.
2: Hit refresh on your browser and see what it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the. Uh, but you know, my thing is this: it's, uh, like, I know it is. It is tempting to believe that in this case, again, Republicans are just sort of. Opposed to the stimulus package because they just don't like uh, Democrats and they're just trying to be obstructionists and jerks and whatever. And, that's, you know, that's sort of the way that it gets positioned. But I guess my thing is, like, if, as you said, every day the stimulus package doesn't go through, the stock market continues to tank. There is this sort of uh, – there is this, uh, I would say, on the left – and I'm just speaking – I'm speaking now for everyone, uh, as I do. I think on the left, if you were to sort of canvas, especially like a lot of the really sort of – you know, just like the hardcore kind of bleeding hearts in Portland – I think there's this perception that Republicans are very, you know, they're very money-oriented and they're greedy and they really only care—they only care about dollars and cents. Well, if that's the case, and if every day the stimulus package doesn't go through, the stock market continues to tank, you know, then then Republicans would have every motivation to get it through because they're losing money. And there is this belief that the thing that motivates Republicans is money. So, it's like all of those things can't be true at the same time. You can't say that Republicans are only concern, concerned with money. But on the other hand, say that they're just blocking the stimulus package to be obnoxious.
6: But you know, just to, I'm sure that what a Republican would say to this is, it's not money that we love, money, but money is uh, the blood that makes the world go round. We want there to be freedom of money and and the ability to get money, and they cite Adam Smith and say, right. you know that that is how that is how people optimize. Uh, their opportunities and their lives right. and their values. Oh, I, I know
2: and I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm just saying this right. is. I'm this there, is really... but
6: there is a perception of the yeah old, old money bags Republicans. But it,
2: this is kind of targeted more at the left, who I think just are being as they are wont to do, just boiling everything down into the same simplistic arguments that they hate. That they hate it when conservatives do, right? Right. You know. So right. anyway. So don't uh, you
6: think? I think at this point uh, we may be able to declare a winner in the tax cut debate. Even pe- people who you know aren't sure. If tax cuts, how much they help the economy or don't help, you know, there's that whole, you know, John Maynard Keynes debate and whatever. But I think that that there is a clear winner now that tax cutters have won. Because whenever you want to pass a big bill in Congress, there's got to be tax cuts.
1: Right, right.
6: And, and, you know, it depends on who President Bush's tax cuts, eh, not so tasty to the Democrats. But, but, yeah, tax cuts, It's everybody loves them now.
2: Hey, by the way, here's my final observation. When you were uh, opening the window or the door or whatever it is and there was the harum thing going on, can, yeah. you, can, is that, can you do that one more time? Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: All right, here's what that is. Judging from the this – is, this is my bad joke. Well, so, Lisa, uh, judging from the sound I just heard, it seems that what has probably happened at the Capitol is that Paul Drake has entered the courtroom with a surprising witness who will undo the case and make Perry Mason victorious <laughs> once again. <laughs> yeah. That's right after the person goes – But I was with him that night, which is how I know he is innocent. Exactly. That's what I do. Okay. And once again, my ability to take the serious and make it
6: absurd. Who was was it? In witness uh, to the prosecution, it was um. I can't believe I've forgotten who it was. No. Uh, Anyway, I was gonna have a great reference, but now it's lost. Come on, fantastic, sexy German actress.
2: Well, I could, uh, you know, I don't know. I could, I could do an inherit the wind uh, thing too, uh, you know, where he's got him on the stand at the end. He goes, but could that one day not, in fact, sir, be ten thousand years? <laughs> and then the guy goes, <laughs> and then everybody in the courtroom goes, and just to keep our
6: complete uh, random back and forth references, Marlena Dietrich.
2: Okay, there you go.
6: Yeah, there you go.
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's gold. All right, Lisa Desjardins. We will talk to you tomorrow. Okay, Thank bye. you. There. I love her in a very chaste way, of course, but that was just right there. The fact that she did the Marlena Dietrich and then bump the half second of of her rumping. Brilliant. Fried gold is what that is. All right. Uh, why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. We'll speak with Amanda Moyer in uh, just a moment. By the way, don't uh, don't forget to do this. Go to 970. A and whole bunch of stuff you can do while you're there, actually, because you got people are asking me where they can uh, put in their uh, happy Valentine's Day or not stories. While you're there, click on the uh, half price Portland banner as well. That's on the left hand side, about halfway down, which is, I guess, appropriate. Uh, when you're there, because of the hard times and all, everybody's sort of you know, everybody's just kind of looking, to, uh, you know, to, to get cut corners, save money, cut costs, all of that. So you uh, click on the half price Portland banner, and it actually it's not. I mean, it's not one of those banners where it says that and then it's like up to half price. I mean, it really is. Everything is half off. At least you can uh, find stuff. In Clinton. I'm a big fan of the Clinton Street Theater, and right there, if you go there, you can actually get, um, you can get it's two tickets, I think, and two uh, two beers, because they have the whole. It's like the the the, the you know the uh, like the bar. You know the bar theater combo going on there. So it's two tickets, two beers it was twenty bucks. It's actually uh, ten dollars. So for ten dollars. You get two tickets, two beers, which would cost you twenty bucks. So there's no, you know, no weirdness. There's no, uh, you know, no fine print, no whatever. It literally is just half price. And while you're there, you can also uh, get something. For example, for uh, Jack's restaurant, which is downtown on Second Avenue, I'm a big fan of that place. It's a thirty-dollar uh, certificate for Jack's, fifteen dollars. Uh, and so there's, uh, you know, it's the whole night show thing where those are, those are going quickly. You gotta get one now. So, uh, $30 gift certificate for Jacks, 15 bucks and more. Go to 970.am, and on the uh, left-hand side, by halfway down, uh, you look for the half-off banner, and click it, won't you please? Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta, the home of news, uh, Amanda Moyer. Hello, how are you today? Hi, I'm well. How are you today? I am fantastic. That's how I am today. Um, Hey, real quickly, because I don't care all that much, uh, but this business of the peanut butter and the salmonella and and the whatever, first of all, hey, Sarah, let me ask you this. As is a thing that you, when you go home and you look in your cupboard, do you think about the salmonella thing?
3: No, I just bought a peanut butter bar today.
2: See, that's my thing, and and, Mm -hmm. like... I guess maybe I should be checking to make sure that I don't die from something, but I, ha- I really haven't. So I guess we'll all find out at the same time if I was eating something tainted. I mean, it's just... i I got to believe that most Americans kind of look at that on the news and they go, yeah, i got I got to check into that. And then they go home and they just shovel food into their mouths like they normally do and they don't bother... To do the only people who are really obsessive about checking their foods for salmonella are the same people that are convinced that the government's like putting f- microchips in their fluoride or something anyway. So I would say that that's... I mean, just... That's just a warning that, unfortunately, will just be lost on the vast unthinking uh, majority, and I'm one of them, by the way. I do want to ask you this thing about Barack Obama. So, the, I, I don't know, is this, I mean, is this like a whole, uh, like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, an unprecedented uh, thing with parents naming their kids after Barack uh, you know, Obama, or are they doing that, or is that just, is that more media hype, Amanda?
7: Well, no, in the past, parents have named their children after President uh, but I spoke with a name expert and she said that she doesn't expect, um, new par- parents to name their children Barack, at least not for a couple of years because she thinks that, um, ever since Watergate, parents have kind of held back on that and waited to see how well a president does in office. And, um, even though he is a very popular president, even though he's only been president for about a, not even about a month or so, but, um, she thinks that it, they still won't have that. However, she does think that the name Malia will rise in popularity.
2: Malia is a beautiful name, by the way. And I don't know. I'm trying to think of if I've ever. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever heard the name Malia before Malia Obama.
3: I knew a, a Malia in college, and she was one of the prettiest girls I've ever seen.
2: It's a beautiful name. It really is. It's has got a great. You know what it is? It's got a great, very lilting linguistic uh, flow to it that I quite like. It's a very. And, uh, you know, the name just has a certain sort of has a certain sort of like grace to the way all of the uh, consonants and vowels work together there. Malia. I quite like that. But is the deal though like you don't want to name you, I guess you said Nick, uh, Nixon, you don't want to name your kid like Millhouse or something, uh, you know, and, and then he ends up, you know, then he's named after some guy that was run out of town on a rail. I guess that's the theory.
7: That's the theory. And, and she said, if you look back into history and look at the Social Security data, you can see that um, there were a lot of boys named Carter in the early 80s and a lot of girls named Reagan in the early 90s because those presidents were out of office at that time. And um, she said that with Barack's name, she said that she thinks that you are going to start seeing the name. It's not in the top 1,000 right now, but she said that she's not saying that nobody is going to name their their children Barack, but, you know, maybe a year from now we might start seeing that. And I called the Social Security office and they said that um, they would have the the data in 2010 for
2: 2009. You know, the thing about it, like you name your kid Carter or something, I mean, you know, if everything kind of goes south and you you know, you know, regret that decision, you can always come up with some sort of alternate explanation. You know what I mean? You can, no, 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 it's after Judge Carter. I guess that's Judge Crater, but you know what I mean. You can always come up with some sort of some sort of retroactive uh, backstory about why that happened. Reagan, I guess, is... Reagan just sounds like you named your... Imagine the poor girl who's named after Ronald Reagan, I, because that's either... The the only other explanation there is you named her after the chicken the extra system that's not going to work so that's unfortunate hey uh, just a side note here and I, you probably can't speak to this because it's just it's something I just heard about uh, yesterday someone told me that there is now that there's this sort of um, there is a trend among them, urban youths uh, when they're getting a haircut that they are asking for quote the Obama cut. Uh, that Obama has his hair styled in a certain way and that that is, that's the thing that is growing in popularity among, uh, among young urban men. Have you heard anything about that?
7: I haven't heard that, but I do believe it because, um, it seems like everything about Barack Obama is selling. Um, whether it's souvenirs, memorabilia, clothing, hairstyles. We saw, um, after the inauguration, um, even, uh, what the little girls were wearing, they were wearing J. Crew outfits and J. Crew all of a sudden the stock went up and everybody was buying J. Crew. So I can definitely see how that, that would happen.
2: Hey, here's a great idea in these trying economic times. Somebody ought to have, my wife had this idea a while back that there should have been like a mutual fund. There should be sort of like a, Uh, This should be like a sin fund where it's all just like uh, like booze and cigarettes and guns and whatever. Here's an idea. Because everything that certain celebrities or presidents touch or are seen wearing or using, everybody has to have it. There ought to be a mutual fund that just tracks whatever, like an A-list celebrity or the president, who is both right now, they track whatever Barack Obama is seen drinking or wearing, or they track whatever Brad Pitt, is, you know, is, is like whatever hat he has on or something or whatever restaurant he's at, and then they just invest you in that under the theory that people are going to see it and immediately start buying it.
7: I think that's a great idea. I would get in on that. All right. See, there you go.
2: That's uh, right here. You heard that intellectual property created by Rick Emerson. All right. Amanda Moyer, as always, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. You. There you go. Thank you. There you go, it's Amanda Moyer. That seemed like a sincere giggle at the end. I think I amused her. I believe so. Uh, that's a great idea, though, because every it's you know like every time there's some jackass uh, on television, like at like at an award show or something, and people say, well, he was spotted wearing a hat that said blah blah blah. And suddenly the hat is sold out everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. So there ought to be a mutual fund that just watches TMZ every night and watches Barack Obama too, because he's a big celebrity, and everything that they're seen wearing. They just invest you in that company for the next like sixty days under the theory that everybody will watch TV and immediately decide they have to go buy whatever that is. So there you go, that's a little Rick Emerson idea right here. (laughs) Don't let it be said I'm not doing my part to help the economy because I am, bastards. All right, Uh, and so forth. Oh, so I got uh, two things, and then we'll uh, get this call. We'll take a break. They've. And then you've got to play the little
3: Wayne song because
2: I've been thinking about that. All right, little Wayne, little Wayne. Because my, um, my wife said, uh, my wife works with a woman at, who said that her kids had gone to get their hair cut. And they were both boys. And I guess, and, and, and the boys were like, uh, when they went to get their haircut, they're like, I want the Obama. <laughs> they're like, give me the Obama cut. And, which is, uh, it seems kind of unprecedented. Because that's typically a thing women do.
3: Don't you mean unprecedented?
2: <laughs> Sorry. That, and that was really, I was actual laugh just now. I'm ashamed that I didn't think of that. That's so much funnier than whatever I was going to say. I was just going to say that women don't. Like, do women do that? Because women did it with the, whatever, the, what, the Rachel. Jennifer Aniston, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, the Jennifer Aniston from Friends. But I don't know if women do that with anything else. Do women. I mean, not you, but I mean, do women go, like, give me the Angelina Jolie cut? I don't know. Laura, the only one we could think of was the Jennifer Aniston one. but he, And that was. I, I got like the Jennifer
3: of... Aniston haircut. Really?
2: The other photos?
3: Oh, yeah. No, it's... It, well, it's still kind of. Like, that well, was like, the, like a bunch of layers.
2: Was stuff. that the Friends? Like that was that one well, specific like, couple of years? Yeah, it was
3: kind of like curved in at the top and like longer at the
2: bottom. Yeah, see, that's a, I don't think I, I'm trying to think if there's ever been a guy that other guys would go on to be like, I want the Brad Pitt haircut. That just doesn't seem like a thing you could do. I think guys would do, guys you know, I don't know. It seems kind of gay, Bob. I don't think we can ask for that. Uh, but Obama, of course, is just so unbelievably cool and styling that, it, you know, like, you can do it, it works. Mm-hmm. So, I can't... Th- I don't think I've ever... What's like,
3: Obama cut? Just, like, a shaved head?
2: No, well he's. but it's, like, very... It's, like, straight. Like the, I think the, it's, the like, a very line. blunt... Yeah, it's like, yeah. A, it's, like, a very, very straight line, uh, you know, right there on the front. And then I think it's... And then I think it's... I don't know. I think it's extra close or something, sort of right here in this area. But the thing, I don't really know, because I, I barely know how to do my own hair mm-hmm. without just looking like like a phoebe. So, um... I got two things here, Sarah. I'm not going to show you uh, what they are. You just pick one of these things. That one. All right. We'll read this one later. Um, anyway, this guy says, are you looking for the Alanis Morissette album? Still, this is uh, Rob. And uh, thank you, but we, we did discover them. Uh, so thank you so much. We actually had two people drop off Alanis Morissette's first two records, which are which are terrible. Uh, he says, you put up the call to get them, but I haven't mentioned anything. Um, I'll drop them off if you want them. So uh, thank you. Uh, we already got it, but I appreciate the offer. Uh, it's only worth it because of this P.S. now. He says, Rick... P.S., I discussed it with my wife last night, and inspired by the couple naming their girl after you, if we have a girl, we will also name her Emerson. There you go. That's it, right there. That's the beginnings of a trend, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm just saying, if you forget that naming your kid like Obama uh, or something. It's all about naming your kid Emerson. I'm injecting that into the. This is two. Two is officially. Uh, that's the beginning of something, right there. That could officially be a trend that we're starting. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Unprecedented. That really is so great that you ought to. That you want to be using that for something. Uh, we'll take a break. Back after this, we got uh, Dave Schmidtke coming up later on. See you, radio... See you. <laughs> see you in a Radio Correspondent Steve I'm later on the top five apocalyptic-sounding singles of all time. Uh, Mr. Skin and Happy Valentine's Day or not the breakup stories. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Drop no disco queen.
8: Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. Oh, yeah.
2: the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503 733 503 733 I'll play some more 300 audio later. Uh, we will get a couple of these uh, phone calls. <clears throat> Pardon me, then we'll be joined by our good friend Dave Schmidke. Awesome. Fantastic as always. Boy, thank you, sir. I don't know. I know it's effortful. Like clean
3: me. and showered and stuff.
2: Oh, you noticed? <laughs> I mean, it's, it really, is. the bar is set so low here, but even to be, you know, but even given that, you just uh, you exceed all expectations.
0: But thank you, darlings. I, I normally come in scummy and stinky, but today I decided to switch it up. <laughs>
2: um, let's see. Um, we've got uh, inexplicably a bunch of uh, remarks about the haircut thing. So I guess. The, somebody was saying, well, I'll you what these calls say, and then I'll get to the email. Because we were talking about the, uh, this business of, of guys going in and getting a haircut that emulates some sort of a celebrity. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
5: Yeah, the, the haircut thing. Uh, my first thought that came to mind was Vanilla Ice.
2: See, but do you know anybody who said, like, give me the Vanilla Ice haircut?
5: No, but there was, I mean, I, I had a I had a... Counselor at camp that had a that had the exact same haircut, and I also, I saw it around town quite a bit. With the now, lines and the ledge and everything. Yeah,
2: so you're talking. About, yeah, so it was all sculpted into a big wedge on top, kind of like a like a low rent kid and play thing. But then, yeah, he but they had the notched lines that were what were those like above his ear? Where were they, is that like
5: above his ear and you know around the back of the head.
2: And those, so, uh, uh,
3: and the yeah, and the lines. I I remember kids in my school having that haircut.
2: And old folks in the audience will remember that those lines above the ear. Vanilla Ice did it, but and in fact, I do believe he got the idea, or maybe not. Uh, but I mean, I first saw that on Brian Bosworth, who played for the Seattle Seahawks. And Brian Bosworth had this whole thing of he would notch his, uh, he would he would have those notch lines above his ear, and then every week he would have the colors of the opposing team sort of like painted in so he would have those notches dyed the colors of the opposing team for that week. I don't know why I know that.
5: I I just remember it really exploding when Vanilla Ice was around.
2: Dude, can I just tell you this real quickly? And here's why I'm glad uh, you called about this, A, because it's an amusing call. And also because it lets me talk about this guy named Phil, Phil, who I went to school with. And when the Vanilla Ice thing happened, Phil came to school one day, because you remember Vanilla Ice didn't just have his hair notched above his ears. It was his eyebrows, too. That's right. His eyebrows right. had the notches. And I don't know. It it's is. like, why would, you, why would you do that? I mean, it's just silly. But Phil, of course, came to school. Hey, look, I got my eyebrows notched like Vanilla Ice. And everyone went, boy, God, that looks stupid, Phil. And he went home at lunch, and he came back, and he had gotten into his mom. He would used, like, his mom's mascara, and he had colored in his eyebrows. But, of course, his eyebrows and the mascara and, like, his regular hair, all different colors, looked terrible. Hey. Yeah.
5: But, uh, if, uh, all I can say is watch the movie
2: Cool as Ice. It's a, it's a masterpiece. Cool as Ice, uh, as ice which of course contains the phrase, dump that zero, get with a hero. Get with hero. Yeah. yeah. Don't <laughs> ever do that. Oh, God. <laughs> Stop it. Stop right. it. You're a No one heard it. All right. Thank you, sir. Yep. Thanks. All right. There you go. How I, cool
3: own... is Ice? It's like the greatest movie ever.
2: Your other Everson show. Hi. <laughs> how, how can I help you?
3: Uh, yeah. I don't, I know
5: you, uh, transplanted to Oregon a while ago, but I don't remember if you, uh, If you remember the Tom Peterson haircut uh, craze where he was actually giving them away with furniture purchases?
2: I Well, I've been here since 98, so um, maybe. I don't know if I remember that or not.
4: It, It was one of the things I remember from when I was a kid. You wouldn't think it would have been that popular, but we were in buying like a couch or something, and they had barber chairs lined up, and there was a series of guys in
5: line waiting to get the Tom Peterson haircut, and then you got to get your picture taken with Tom with the matching haircut, and they like gave you your Polaroid to take home, and there were like a dozen guys waiting to get this haircut. I
0: heard. I heard that Annie Lennox came through town one time and did that, and went over there and got the Tom Peterson. Haircut. Are you? Now are you screwing with me? No, you I'm not messing see with Annie you. Man. Why yeah. would
2: Annie Lennox? I mean, it seems like she could afford a haircut somewhere else. I don't no, think just, someone's being silly. Perhaps they were out of orange dye. <laughs> Ivy, <laughs> there could be a... the, oh, Tom, oh, Tom Peterson and Gloria's too. Okay, yeah, I was part. thinking of. Okay, here's what I was who thinking. Who are you thinking of? Is it who? Uh, You're thinking
3: of the wife killer. No. Scott Peterson?
2: Tom Peterson is not a wife killer.
3: No. <laughs> no, no, no.
2: I'm thinking of who's the guy that, uh, and I guess some scandal followed, but the guy, the car dealer and his... Scott his, uh, Thomas, Thomason. Scott Thomason. Yeah. And I'm thinking, Different. like, why would you ever want that? But, uh, okay, but okay, but, uh, Tom Peterson, though. No. That makes much more sense. Well, and Tom
0: Peterson back in, what, the late 70s and 80s used to do these midnight commercials. and you know, I think they'd run, like, during SNL or something back in the day, and you'd be at home all messed up after partying, and, and all of a sudden... Here, what Tom would just pop up, knocking on the TV screen. Wake up! Wake up!
2: It's creepy and great. Was the hell out of was, it a whole, was he sort of like the Cal Worthington of uh, yeah. of Oregon? Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Thank you, sir. Yep. All right. There you go. I'm just getting email. He hey, by the way, who remembers the Tom Peterson haircut? Oh, okay. Uh, and a couple people have mentioned, though, just real quick, and then we'll wrap this up. Somebody says. Um, Several people have said that guys wanted the Clooney haircut at a certain point, uh, like in the nineties, which I don't really remember. Like I don't uh... What
3: did he do in the nineties? ER?
2: Yeah, but he had that Caesar haircut. You know what I mean? It was like sort of a it, it was the only way to describe it. It looked like Julius Caesar. It was I mean
8: it oh, was very did
2: warm have and that close haircut, like it was kind of
3: rounded down a little.
2: A little bit, but it was like a skull cap or something made out of hair. And oh, was, uh, whoever I know, wrote
3: that is totally right.
2: Yeah, but I, that was hideous, though. I mean, I just remember that looking uh, looking just awful. This guy said, yeah, it was called the Clooney. Um, and uh, don't forget, uh, let's see, uh, lots of women wanted the princess dye haircut. I don't remember that either, but I'll just assume that it's true. All right. Uh, hello, Dave Schmidke. Hello, Rick. Hello, Sarah. How are oh, you guys doing today? Very well. Fantastic. Good, uh, good, good. Hey, who, I'm going to play you something here. Tell me who you think uh, this is. This is a little bit of audio. And I haven't uh, I haven't pre-screened it, but I mean, I, A, I know it's clean, and B, I kind of know the deal with this audio anyway. So, uh, I don't know if they identify who this is, but I'm going to play a little uh, little soundbite here. Am I potted up up
1: there? Mm-hmm.
2: All right, let's see. Well, this is odd. It claims that it's a buffer, but it doesn't want to play. Well, I'll have to get back to it later. Um <laughs> The the glory of YouTube and uh, CBS together at last. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the news desk. And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland,
0: this is the news. We start the news today in India. Does your Pepsi lack pep? Is your Coke not the real thing? India's Hindu nationalist movement apparently has the answer. A new soft drink made from cow urine. That's right. The bovine brew is in the final stages of development by the cow. Get this, the cow protection department. Now, is India the
2: place where the cow, literally the sacred cow? They're holy. Now, but if it's a sacred, I wouldn't think that then, I would think that uh, if the whole thing is, I don't wish to appear culturally insensitive, but let's back up for a second. Mm -hmm. What is the deal with cows being holy in India? Uh, well,
0: I believe, no. you know, because of, of, if you believe in, um... um Is it like reincarnation? Thank you. But is the cow wow. considered,
2: like, the peak and the pinnacle of... Because I think somebody's got things backward. Uh, right. If they're, you
0: know, And it's it's weird, you know, because there are some things, animals, that they will, like, duck. Duck is right. a popular dish
2: there. So
0: that's fair game, but the cow apparently isn't. And I don't know why either.
2: I mean, whatever. I mean, everybody's free, everybody's free to believe. Look, everybody believes their own brand of gibberish. So, you know, have at it. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's... It, it, is a cow, I'm asking, of course, just the room, a room full of people who don't know, is a cow considered the very peak of reincarnation? Like, if you, if you elevate, what, you know, every time around, if you live your life properly, I guess you go up a level and then you reach right. nirvana or something or transcendence. Is a cow considered, like, above, above people? Well, a cow didn't invent the television. That's just dumb. I yeah. mean, really. I mean, what? a... Uh, I guess. I mean, I, but I guess you could make the argument the cows just sort of. I mean, that they figured something out because they've got. They, you know, they're able to stand around all day and have everybody get out of their way. So maybe there's something to be said for that. You would think, though, that if cows were considered a holy thing, that there'd be like they'd have some weird pita thing about it. Where like they don't want you to be, um, you know, like stealing stealing their urine so people can drink it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if well, you're stealing something from the that cow, just
3: doesn't seem right. Like. Isn't that that's that's waste? I mean, regardless if it's like
2: if it's like holy waste. No, 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 Sarah. It's uh, it's part of the divine plan. Well, actually,
0: this this drink and it's called gau jai, or Cow Water in Sanskrit. It's not really water, people. <laughs> just in case you're gonna buy that, that's a uh, that's mislabeling. That's deceptive. And the government says, don't worry, it won't smell like urine and it will be tasty too.
2: See, that's also a lie, right there. I don't mean to be accusatory. That's just made up. That's just garbage. That is. And if it's not going to smell like – let me ask you this. If it's not going to smell like urine or taste like urine, and I can't believe I'm saying this, what is the point of drinking it? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's Magical that... cow juice. <laughs> oh, boy. I think – but, I mean, we already have milk, right? I mean, and milk is – I mean, drinking milk is weird enough. Let's not have any illusions about that. I drink milk. I'm not some uh, weird hippie vegan freak. But, I mean, like, milk is str- – as somebody said, uh, and, you know, drinking milk is strange unless you're a very small cow. Like, you're really not meant to be drinking it. That right. said, I do – but why, it seems like you, you're, you know, and if you're going to drink cow water, why not just drink drool or something, or you know?
0: Well, you yeah, know, and apparently this this cow protection group uh, begin promoting cow urine as a cure for ailments, ra- ranging from liver disease to obesity and even cancer. Now, that would cure me of obesity.
2: Have some <laughs> cow pee. Every beer. time you go to eat something, they just go, mmm, cow urine. <laughs> you go, no, I guess I'll just have nothing uh, for lunch again. Thanks. Thanks so much. All right. Uh, by the way, here's, here's. I don't know a whole lot about uh, science and whatnot, but just a little uh, FYI uh, for me to everybody who's thinking about drinking urine and whatever its form. Here's how you know it doesn't cure anything. Uh, Because you're peeing it away. That's uh, nature's way of saying shouldn't be in your body anymore. Yeah, done with this now. That's like drinking vomit. No, 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 no. It's it's magical. Anything that your body is trying to desperately expel uh, in that violent sort of a way, probably not anything that uh, is going to cure anything you got. I'm just... I'm just saying. All right, let's see if I can get this to play here. So this is a little piece of audio. Let's see. I will give this one more try. Oh, for the love of God, it was just playing, and I paused it.
0: Now it won't start again. You know, there's video of my uh, cat that fetches like a dog. <laughs> so there,
2: at least there's that. Don't
0: you always love somebody like that in your, in, your, in your little group of friends that comes up with something remarkably stupid?
2: At inopportune moments. I'm having a stupid day today, by the way. You know what? Uh, yesterday, Don Taylor was having an unorganized day. I was having kind of a grumpy day. Sarah was having, I think, probably a day where she was trying to tolerate disorganization and grumpiness. <laughs> and then a little bit of crazy. Uh, and then, uh, you know, and then Richie's... Richie Bristle. So hey,
3: Richie was in here like... Putting
2: on dresses yesterday. So. Oh, cool! I yeah. noticed he had one hanging outside the door. I got to tell you, it works though. It looks really good. I, in my, I want to say this again because we were making fun of Richie yesterday, and then he put on that dress, and it actually fit him like way better than we thought it would. So well, he has the hips for it, you know. See, but I didn't think so. I thought that that was not. The, I thought uh, because like I'm going to wear a truss, and I'm like, dude, the truss, you know, you're, it's not. That's not the problem. The problem is your hips, and there's no truss It's going to minimize your hips. I mean, unless it's a truss that like is made out of iron, and that they're using before they put you in the Tower of London. So. <laughs> But he put on the dress, and it completely worked. A little bit of a gut, but, I mean, he's going to get rid of that, so it's, uh, you know, he'll uh, he'll cinch that up. It looked, it looked very good. All right, here's uh, Dave Schmidke, ladies and gentlemen. Well,
0: you know, Prince Harry was hit by a new race row last night after allegedly telling a comic that he, quote, didn't sound like a black chap. I don't know if that's his accent or not. Wouldn't you think that they would just have that guy... Uh, locked away somewhere, not the comic, but, but
2: Prince Harry. Because then he say things like this all the time. Oh uh, yeah, you know he his uh, mouth gets him into trouble a lot. I mean, uh, he is uh, like a royal uh, and whatnot. So you figured that they would care about public image. Yeah. He, and every time he like, when's the last time one of the princes was in the news uh, for doing something that wasn't stupid? And the answer is never. It's yeah. always for something bad. That's right. What was the last one? He, oh, oh, made a comment about a. Pakistani yeah, it was a Pakistani person. guy, and he made some—he made some and like slur. It's the same in
3: one, one.
0: Yeah.
2: So yeah, he's obviously a real prize.
0: Well, he is said to have made the comment to Stephen Amos after the black funny man performed a stand-up show for Prince Charles's 60th
2: birthday. Now, last year. This happened last year. Well, it, clearly, it's a slow news day in, you know, like the rest of the world. It's a it's, a, it's, a, it's a slow news, a news day for, like, the Daily Mail or, or whatever This
3: fully slowly, like, gathering all of his racist well, stories. Well, they must just Contributing them.
2: them. I mean, don't you think? Don't you think they have a file? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, Like, we used to have a news pile before it was lost. I figure that they've just got some sort of a Prince Harry file. And it's like, whenever there's nothing going on, like, you know, find me one of the various inanities from the royal family and we'll run it. So.
0: Well, it, does, it is odd how all of a sudden
2: these things are just popping up about a year after they happen. Right. Well, but it's like that Christian Bale thing, which I think happened about a year, a year and a half ago, something okay. like that. But By the way, I never did hear his apology. I know that it aired on a CBS radio station in Los Angeles, but I never heard it. Anybody hear Christian no. Bale's apology? It can't
3: be as interesting as this freak out. Well, no, and there's sure.
2: no, I, look, there's just think I speak for everybody. There's no apology that is sufficient. There's no, like, no. how could mm-hmm. you possibly, what apology could you possibly, well, I'm, I was having a bit of a day. I mean, I it's was just using uh, meth. Yeah, that, that's just really. I mean, unless it's that, right? Yeah. Like unless he says, like I was actually certifiably insane. Yeah. And I had snorted a bucket full of cocaine. <laughs> there's, there's no explanation that really holds. So, um, you know, anyway. Well, whatever. All right, here's uh, Dave Schmidtke.
0: Well, we're going to come back into the states now. Cape Mary, uh from uh, the Sacramento area, a Sacramento man who donned a cape and allegedly robbed uh, robbed an adult store with a wooden sword is facing criminal charges in court today. David William Haydeen entered La Mue shop at um, Broadway in Sacramento Sunday and went straight to an area of the store that featured sexual enhancing devices. Uh, here's, his, here's his outfit. Hedin was wearing an American flag sequin hat, green shirt, blue jeans, tennis shoes, and a red cape. Oh, I forgot to mention he was carrying a two- to three-foot sword. Sword. Okay. sword. Oh, so I like say a... sword? Okay. sword. I'm not kidding. I'm having a stupid day.
2: <laughs> I thought you were doing a Touche Turtle reference there.
0: Well, you know, oh, that's. Touche that, Turtle that said sword. Back.
2: Yeah. That takes me back. That's what Rick Emerson does. Dave. He, takes uh, you he, back. He mentions Touche Turtle and his sidekick. Oh, damn. Now see, I joked though. Who was this? Touche Turtle had that sidekick, and he was a dog. Oh. Like all the Hanna Barbera things, he was a dog that walked up uh, and he had a, he had a, he had a, a tie and a hat.
0: Diggity dog or?
2: No, he was his own deputy cartoon. Dog.
0: No, deputy dog, somebody else. Uh,
2: but he was, uh, you know, but he was, he was kind of like a like a sheepdog looking thing. And then Touche Turtle had that sword that was sort of bent uh, or whatever. But he called oh, it. Goodness. I must get my sword. That was like how he always, uh, that's how he always referred to it.
0: Well, I appreciate you trying to bail me out on that one, but no, I actually was just reading it, and that's how it came out.
2: Well, it's uh, it's what we do.
0: Uh, anyway, so this this, this uh, Mr. Hayden here eventually waved his sword at the clerk, demanded money, was given two hundred dollars, and ran out of the store. But I mean, it's not even a sword; it's made of wood. Yeah, right. That's not so much a sword as a stick. I mean, there's
3: a... <laughs> maybe it was a really scary pointy.
0: Stuff. Well, maybe he took some time at the grinder before he went in there and just
2: put a tip on that puppy. I think the I think the nomenclature is uh, is is causing a little bit of a uh, a disconnect here, right? Yeah, I don't think that means what the what we think it means Yeah, the, uh, and by the way, grinder I barely knew her. All right, there you go. Are uh, we going to do a bush watch here? Yes, I now, think see, it's time. Sarah found one, but I uh, but I sort of, uh, I thought we were dumb, but Sarah says that there is, in fact, a George Bush watch. This that is kind do. of a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, the there you go.
1: The president kind of in charge. he's got the whole country staying. That's my bush. Life is hard. That's the price of fame. When you're president, everyone knows your name. Hey, what's that say? No! It's my bush. I can't believe he's actually in the White House now. All
0: right,
2: ladies and gentlemen, here is Dave Schmidke with your Bushwatch.
0: A South African TV station mistakenly broadcast that former U.S. President George Bush had died during one of its news bulletins. For three seconds, ETV News ran a moving banner headline across the screen saying, George Bush is dead. The, and they call it now a misbroadcast, happened when a technician pressed the broadcast live for transmission button instead of the one for a test run. The station said test banners now in the future would be done in, quote, gobbledygook. So the test... So, the so
3: their t- test banner in South Africa said George Bush is dead. So they're just waiting.
2: I was just going to say, it seems like somebody uh, there at the television station is doing a little bit of, you know, uh, that's 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 a little bit of the, uh, uh, the working ahead in, in the day planner. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, well, I don't know. Well, we always talk about... That's the, the, the famous one was with, um, I guess it was Bob Hope, of course, is dead now, but Bob Hope, I think, twice. There was some L.A. station that twice in the, the course of, like, three years, it was like a, you know, and this just in, and across the bottom, that Bob Hope dead, and then Bob Hope is at home watching television going, well, that's odd. Oh. So, <laughs> I was feeling a little tired today, but really
0: far from that. Are there certain celebrities that you think are dead, oh, you kind of always think are dead and are
2: not? I ever Like, once a week on this show, we have to check. Uh he's not really a celebrity as such, but I was just asking Lisa from CNN about Bob Novak, because I swear to God that Bob Novak was dead, but apparently not. Yeah. Um, we had to check the other day on, um, I think it was Doc Severinsen we were checking on. Doc Severinson's still alive, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, Abe Vigoda, you know, we check on him uh, constantly. And there was somebody else. It was, um, okay, here's one. And I swear to God, I don't, I don't know the answer to this. Jim J. Bullock, dead or alive. Geez, I don't know. See, that's the thing. I don't know. You think you'd know, but you don't know. I thought Don Rickles was dead, and then he popped up on TV the other week. He was he was he on television talking about how he's outliving everybody because that's kind of his thing now, which is great. Did I you see, see that documentary? Huh? No. Dude, on HBO, uh, uh, John Landis did it, I believe. You uh, you got to watch it. It's called Mister Warmth, and it's a documentary, and it climaxes in showing some of his performance or whatever. But it's uh, they just did it last year. and It's a whole documentary about his career and his you know life and how he became the insult guy. And there is a great scene. Or Rickles, he uh, has, like, you know, Hefner has one of these too, but it's the wall that just goes on forever of, you know, just, just famous people that he's known, and him with Frank, and him with, you know, Dean Martin, and Rickles with, you know, with, with Hefner, actually, and all these people. And he's going through, and he's just going, dead, dead, dying, dead, might as well be dead, 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 living, but career is dead, dead, dead. And it's just, I mean, which is the only, that's the kind of thing that only really Rickles can do. Yeah. Uh, and it's sort of, but he, um, I actually got to see him at uh, at uh, um, Chinook Winds a couple years ago. Uh, Tim Riley and I had the uh, had the the pleasure of going down there, and I got to meet him backstage and everything. And he was just uh, just fantastic.
0: Is he is he any nicer in real life? He uh, you know
2: well it's that you know it's that thing of like you know it,
3: what was the name he was calling you on the show Eric.
2: Eric, I love your show. <laughs> Which I found out later is a thing of his because he was calling Jim Roop like Jack or something. Jack, I <laughs> love it. Great. Um, he was, I mean, we met him backstage and he was just like the coolest guy ever. And then, of course, he gets on stage and he was just, I mean, he was like 83 then. Just, just a bastard. Just as mean as you can possibly. And just, and Rickles is, there are very few, uh, there are very few guys that can get away with Very um, sort of uh, like sexually and racially charged material the way that he does. I mean, there's a handful that can really do it without it either seeming offensive because, you know, they mishandle it or without it seeming like they're just doing it for shock value. Uh, For example, in my opinion, this is just me. For example, Sarah Silverman, who gets a lot of attention, does a lot of that, but it's just it really is just for shock value. You know, and obviously it's shocking, but it's not funny. It's just that she's just doing like, hey, I'm a cute girl, but I'm saying something profane. and you know, I'm and
3: telling a fart joke. <laughs> totally.
2: But I'm cute. And so, therefore, I'm supposed to think she's genius, which she isn't. Uh, but there are people who can do that, and they really, they really make it work. I mean, like Bette Midler was a classic example of that. Um, Joan Rivers and her, they you know, did that very well. Chris Rock can do it. Chris Rock can tell anything, and it doesn't seem you might get offended by it, but it's not offensive in the sense, like, it doesn't seem gratuitous. Like, he, he can do it, and you it might make you uncomfortable, but it's funny, and it seems like it's coming from a place of sincerity. George Carlin, of course, could do it. Yeah. George Carlin told jokes, I mean, and this is not even, like, a long time ago, this is recently. George Carlin told jokes probably no other white man could get away with, because he was such a Jedi that he could phrase it in just the right way, and it seemed like a... Legitimate, if somewhat edgy, sort of linguistic observation or a point, and whatever. Rickles, though, can do it just because he's so freaking old, and he yeah. just doesn't care. He just doesn't care what you think, and um, so yeah, just, just just great. I mean, it was legitimately funny, but just very, very, um, yeah, very sort of um, pushing the envelope comedy, even for now. But okay. then he, at the end, he, he did this, he had a full band with him backing him up. It looked like the, you know, the kind of one of those tonight show orchestra things That's where right. they're all like in the boxes. And he sang this great song at the end. And he did like a dance at one. He was like dancing, like doing like a little routine. Yeah. And I mean, uh, it was, it was a full show where it was comedy, singing, dancing, audience party. He brought audience members up and participated with them. And at the end he sang this really beautiful song. And it was something about like, you know, just to hear your laughter one more time. And it was a song about the audience. It was really very, very wonderful. Um, but we met him backstage after, you know, or before the show for a couple minutes, because we were, you know, we had interviewed him, we were doing ticket giveaways, and so I, I got a chance to go backstage. And he looked exactly like you wanted him to look, because he's gotten so old, he doesn't age anymore, he just is, Rickles. And I swear to God, he's wearing a tuxedo with a silk bathrobe over it, smoking a cigar <laughs> in his slippers. And so it's like, he's so he's so casual and put together at the same time. Silk bathrobe, tuxedo, cigar, slippers, and he's like... All right, uh, we're going to do pictures? Great. Love your show. I wish you all the best, kid. All right, let's Eric. pose. And you're just, Eric, and he's just like, and you're sitting there thinking, like, this This is a guy who just has been, he, he'd seen it all. I mean, he was, you know, he hung out with the Rat Pack every night. He's just the coolest guy ever. Um, But then he gets on stage and just doesn't phone it in. I mean, he sold it. I mean, it was 90 minutes, and he's an old guy. Yeah. 90 minutes and didn't stop. I mean, all the way through. just Just like clockwork. He was fantastic.
0: You know, another person you don't think of in that same genre is Frank Sinatra Jr.? Yeah. And I, I didn't even know he was doing anything or performing. And then I saw a rerun of Family Guy.
2: Yep. And and he had a whole episode built around him. That's where uh, that's a Family Guy is that where Stewie and Brian and Frank Sinatra Jr. Frank Sinatra Jr. all go and they do like a Rat Pack right. thing. Right. I then guess. Brian just gets really really drunk all the time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So and they yeah. they got the actual Frank Sinatra Jr. to do it, which is yeah. what makes that show all wonderful.
3: the episodes genius.
2: It really is. Well, you know that that
0: show. Uh, my friend Eric always tells me that is one of the only shows around now that that employs a full time
2: orchestra. Is that true, Family Guy does? Well, you know who leads their orchestra. No. Walter Murphy of Walter Murphy's Big Apple Band, uh, makers of A Fifth of Beethoven. Really? You remember A Fifth of Beethoven? Yeah. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Yeah, that that Walter Murphy, he did the Family Guy theme. So whenever you hear that Family Guy theme song, the, you know, it seems today that all you see, that's him.
3: I love, I do sing along with that.
2: It's a great song. It
3: is an amazing. We should totally play it to break.
2: <laughs> and the music on that show is really good. The Walter Murphy yeah. is the guy who is the he is the arranger and orchestral leader for Family
0: Guy. So, well, the creator uh, of Family Guy apparently his his parents come from a um, orchestral background and so it was real important to him to to employ these people, give these people jobs right. and do this. And that's why they have all those show to numbers which some of them are just amazing
2: right and they and just and they do even the show tune numbers on family guy and family guy is the thing that i did i resisted watching it until sarah kind of gave me the heart. she's like you've got to watch it yeah uh because i just i think what i'd seen of it it just it just didn't i must have been in the wrong mood or something but i watched it like when it was and i was just like this is like it's something like any of the star wars like parodies that they do see and that's i think the problem is that is the first family guy i ever saw
3: see and i don't i don't like it i don't find it funny at all and i think family guy is one of the most genius shows ever and- I don't like it. I,
2: the very first uh, Family Guy saw was Blue Harvest, and I should have liked that, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm a big dork, and I should have been into it, and I just didn't, I mean, it was okay, and I remember yeah. thinking, like, I don't see what all the fuss is about. Mm-hmm. This is moderately amusing. No, Stewie's
3: got to be plotting to kill Lois, and Brian has to be drunk, and Meg <laughs> has to be, you know, pretending to be a lesbian to be popular at school. Right, and
2: so I think then Sarah's like, you've got to go back and give it another chance, and I went back, and I liked it, and, I, and I, the thing about Family Guy is I will go for long stretches where I don't watch it at all. And then I'll watch like 15 episodes in a right. day. It's
3: on every night, six and yeah. six thirty.
2: Yeah, and I got, uh, and I actually now own a couple of the seasons on DVD. So I will just sit there, like on a Saturday, and I'll put it, and I'll just watch like one disc all the way through. I will watch like eight episodes back to back, and then that holds me for a couple weeks.
0: Well, you know, it's funny for me. It was the shape of Stewie's head. I saw an episode. And I think this is ridiculous. Right. I, I mean, this is a talking football. Who cares? Right. And I'm just like you. And I, I went away, and my friend Eric said, "You just try it again." watched one episode and just loved it
2: right it's and there are as much as it sort of gets hit for being a south park knockoff i don't i don't really see that um i mean there's only so many ways you can do a sitcom you know there's only so many ways you can do an animated sitcom um so i don't really i don't really see that at all uh but it it just and there's just like a finely tuned sense of the absurd Mm -hmm. that they have like the idea that that Stewie essentially talks in, like, Peter Laurie's voice, you know, which is just, like, or Hannibal... He almost speaks like Hannibal Lecter sometimes, too. And, like, there's real no reason for that. And sometimes just giving somebody, a, a, like, an accent that doesn't really work, that in and of itself just isn't funny. And the people think that it is. Like, I don't know, we'll give him an accent that doesn't make any sense. But it's got to be just the right accent that is juxtaposed in just the right way. Right. Or else it doesn't. Like, that's why, like, I... I mean, I know that I'm not the target audience, but then again, I am, because it's a show that is obviously meant for many generations. I don't find SpongeBob SquarePants to be funny.
0: No, me neither. I don't get that at all.
2: And I think maybe you have to be a kid or a Stone College student, because beyond that, it's not funny. And it's not like it couldn't be funny. Cartoons can be hilarious for people of all ages. Uh, you know, Ren and Stimpy, of course, is probably the most recent classic example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Ren and Stimpy is another one where, like, I don't even know what kind of accent Ren Hawk has. I mean, is it is it like... Is it like a like a some sort of like a Venezuelan accent, or is it, or is it like Romanian? I can't really tell. Well, you were talking
0: about the the, the character on Three Hundred that, sc- that scream the whole Sponson! time. Sponsons! That's it. That's yeah. the one. Well, isn't that like Ren and Stimpy? It seems like they were always kind of screaming all the time.
2: Well, but it was only when the situation didn't call for it, which is what made it funny, <laughs> uh, because like you know uh, when Ren was really angry, like his voice would drop and he would do that quaver, like you, and he would just be. There was that. Uh, The best, one of the best episodes ever of Ren and Stimpy. There are two. One is Stimpy's Fan Club, and I'm not gonna sit and like act out the whole thing because that would be stupid. But uh, there's another one where it's um where Ren's cousin Sven Hook comes to stay with them, and he's and Ren is horrified because Sven is stupid, and he and Stimpy get along really well. And you know, Ren's like, "You're going to find out what culture is." And you know, Sven appears and he's he's an idiot. So Ren goes to work. And it's hilarious because he goes to work and he's got, like, the Mad Men suit on. He's got the gray flannel suit and, like, the hat and the briefcase. He's like, I'm going to work. Try not to do anything stupid. And he, co- and he comes home and the house is just destroyed. <laughs> and he's listing off... I should see if I can find it. But he's listing off all the damage that they've done. And he's, you know, my opera record's covered in bubble gum. Uh, my collection of incurable diseases... Porn down the drain! And he does this long, scary monologue.
3: I totally remember that one. Yeah, oh, that's weird just doing that. It's like a
2: flashback. And it's where he's not screaming. He's threatening them, but he's like, and he, you, know, he's, you, both of you. And they're cowering in the corner, and you'd think that he would, like, that, he, that he'd that hit them or that he would just, just go volcanic, and he doesn't. He goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna tear off your arms, and they're just sort of like, and they're just freaking out. He goes, and then I'm gonna hit you, and you're gonna fall down, and then I'm gonna laugh. You know, and it's like you're watching. this going, what in the f am I watching? Who created this? What sort of freakish bastard? Uh, you know, and it's just, and there's another thing that I do on the show sometimes that is from Stimpy's fan club. Long story short. Um, Ren is hating Stimpy because he, Stimpy gets all the fan mail, and Ren doesn't get any fan mail. And so Stimpy... Have a, I
3: seen, like, every episode? Of, I guess I have because I used to watch that show constantly. Uh, and everything geez. you're bringing up, I remember.
2: I have to tell you to this day, if I see that Stimpy's it's so fan club, I... sick. That's I, so gross. And, it, but, it's, but it's hilarious, and I will laugh myself to the point of tears at that Stimpy's fan club episode, just like I do at old Peter Sellers films, even though I've seen them a billion times. And uh, you know, and there's that uh, at the end, Ren gets a lot of fan mail. here's that, you know. Now it's me they Everybody love. He
3: writes them the letter.
2: Yeah, but he but he doesn't notice. You they have forgotten. Uh, but he's sitting up at night, though, looking at Stimpy, and Stimpy is asleep, and he's just got the big idiot smile on his face, with his tongue sticking out because he's dumb. And Ren is looking at him and goes, Look at him, the idol of millions. <laughs> To him, or to them, he's a god. But he's a fool. I know the truth. And he's thinking about killing Stimpy. And the money shot is he looks down at his hands. And his hands are like, they're all huge and like covered in grime. And he goes, with these hands I could end the farce. These dirty hands, you know. And it's just like, you're one going, this show was created by lunatics. And Family Guy is not that is not on that level in terms of just the the absurdity, but they do that that thing really well of something that makes no sense, but it makes so little sense that it becomes genius somehow. Well, it's the only show I know that has a
0: character of a senior citizen pedophile.
2: Which And that they get away with it, too. It's right. like, how can you do that? How can you have a pedophile character on network television? I, I don't know. And mm-hmm. a funny pedophile. That's the thing. <laughs> he's the world's wackiest child molester. He's tonight on family guy. Like How How do you do that? I don't understand how they get away with that. And that's not that I care. But I just... He has my
3: favorite voice with his little like, little whistle talk.
2: Oh, that guy creeps me out.
3: Oh, he's my favorite. Oh, it's Jesse. Him, and the little gay, the, the gay dude.
2: I, well, like, episodes featuring the, 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 the pedophile guy. I actually... Uh, uh, there'll be a couple episodes where he's, like, the main focus of the show and i i actually sometimes will just stop watching because he freaks me out so much well, I, just,
3: I love it when he had the babysit we are just sitting here talking I, about family guys you know what it's what we do Sarah. it's yeah. pop yeah. culture
2: that's right well you know
0: he has a dog that has his back legs don't work I mean, where did that come from did did somebody have i mean i grew up with a dog with three legs so i mean i could see i could maybe write that in but i mean somebody who's writing that show must have right had some background with that i mean Otherwise, how could you come up with that?
2: Well, it's like the, uh, you know, it's that whole post-National Lampoon um, style of humor. Because National Lampoon really just, they really set the standard in a lot of ways. And I grew up as a fan of Mad Magazine. And then National Lampoon really took the, uh, they took the baton in the 70s. And National Lampoon, of course, they are most famous or notorious for having a magazine cover where it's this the most adorable dog you've ever seen in your life, like a photo of a dog. And then it's got a gun to its head. And the front of the magazine just says, buy this magazine or we'll kill this dog. And I mean, which it doesn't seem shocking now because it's like we're up to our eyeballs in, in sort of black humor. Mm-hmm. But uh, but at the time, it was just, it was unbelievably, uh, you know, it was very, very controversial. There was a cartoon that ran once in National Lampoon where it was like one of those little New Yorker one panel cartoons. And it was the most, it's just the most awful uh, cartoon. I mean, not that bad, I guess, but it was just, you didn't expect to see something like this. Because there were all the depictions in the media at the time, and this is parodied in Trading Places, of the war veteran who has, you know, he's a, he has lost his legs. And it'll be the veteran, and he's wheeling himself down the street on, the, like, the little, on the, like the, little, the little board with wheels. And he's got, like, whatever, like, irons or something in his hand. And he's, like, moving himself down the street. And it was a guy walking down the street, and there is a, a legless panhandler. Except it's not like a human, it's not a veteran, it's a legless frog, and of course he's panhandling outside a Chinese restaurant, because they've eaten his legs, ah! and it's like, you know, he's like panhandling for nickels, and I remember looking at that going, oh, for the love of God, you, I mean, you know, and that's the kind of world we live in now comedically, and it's a world in which I'm happy to exist. And you do so well. It's twenty twenty two. We'll take a break. Come back after this, ladies and gentlemen, with more from Dave Schmitke. Later on, we'll talk to uh, Kelly Clark from Well I'm a week will do the top five apocalyptic singles of all time and more of your phone calls. Stay there, it's a Rick Emerson show. So
1: you the next big who a black we we'll have
6: one
3: hundred and thirteen new messages. Oh my
1: uh, yeah, I was just wondering, uh, mm-hmm, well, where the newspaper boy was? <coughs> Haven't seen a newspaper in a couple of days. Wondering if you ever gonna come back. <coughs> Guess who? Sorry to leave you so many messages. Just lonely here, thinking about the must down paper boy. Wishing he'd come by and bring me some good news. <coughs> where are you? Oh, you're starting to piss me off, you little pigless son of a bitch. Well, that's disturbing.
3: That takes talent to have a voice that creepy. <laughs> really? no,
1: it's a little too
2: good, isn't it? <laughs> it is just a little too good. Yeah. Uh. Hi, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, don't forget, coming up today, well, two things. Today, one random on air caller wins a copy of NASCAR, The Ride of Their Lives on DVD. Narrated by Kevin Costner, this adrenaline filled journey takes you through the history and heroes of NASCAR. The story of NASCAR told by the legends who lived in A must own for NASCAR fans. Paramount Home Video presents at CMT Films and NASCAR Media Group. Uh, DVD, February 10th. Uh, that is NASCAR, the right of their lives on DVD. To one random on-air caller today. Uh, later on, uh, we'll also do another exciting installment of Happy Valentine's Day or not. Your chance to win a $75 gift card to proflowers.com. You go to AM. And you uh, click on the Happy Valentine's Day or not banner. You tell us your uh, breakup story 200 words or less. Uh, if we read yours on the air, uh, you will win that uh, gift card. And I think we'll do another uh, another Richie Bristol uh, uh, breakup story today as well. And I looked and I couldn't find the appropriate Ren and Stimpy uh, cut. So if nothing else, I'll play it then. If nothing else, I'll play it tomorrow. And then the only thing I'll see now tomorrow, though, I'll have to just sort out. It's the last thing I'll say about it. Cause then, because then it's like you want to play the Space Madness one race, you know, this is my yummy ice cream bar. Uh, or the tooth beaver thing, which in the less sensitive. No! Oh, no! Better. No!
3: No! 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 No!
0: No! No! I think that's a no on that one. I don't know. <laughs> you probably don't
3: even believe in the tooth beaver. That is the most messed up thing. Oh, yeah. I'm having flashbacks to childhood. You know,
2: uh, Clyde auditioned uh, to for the voice of um, for the voice of Stimpy.
3: Well, you guys can. I remember um, like years ago when you and him would both your impressions of because
2: because i can kind of do a passable random It's not going to fool anybody but i can do a decent rent but he can do a dead-on stimpy and i remember when billy west or not billy west when john Chris lucy left the show or was asked to leave clyde auditioned to replace stimpy and and it ended up being billy west because he's billy west obviously but uh you know clyde does it clyde does that dead-on stimpy though it's a little unnerving ladies and gentlemen it's dave schmitke a 34
0: year old man was the victim of a violent beating in broad daylight in downtown kingston california the police are not hunting for the culprits. They charged the victim who, as it turns out, assaulted himself. You know. He's now been charged with one count of public mischief, says Staff Sergeant Mike Atwood, who is shaking his head in disbelief over the bizarre incident. It began just after 9 a.m. when police were called to a retail shop on Lower Princess Street where a man reported an assault. The employee told police he'd been jumped by two brazen bandits while he was walking along this particular street on his way to work. The pair landed blows in a bid to steal the victim's wallet. Police say he had a very swollen lip, a bloody nose, maybe even a broken nose. But the obvious injury spurred a police manhunt, and officers rushed to the area where the man had been walking. Dog was brought in. Victim gave a detailed statement and a description of the attackers. However, as police continued the investigation, they The determined... story
2: unraveled a bit. That's right. It was like that woman who had the... Uh... Hey, you know, speaking of people we thought about for a day and a half and then forgot about, it. it's like that Nutcase woman, the uh, I was attacked by a Barack Obama supporter. And she had, like, the backward B on her face because she was dumb. Right. Yeah. That, that. All right. Exactly. I well, think... it turns out this guy just wanted a day off. <laughs> so what better way than to smash myself in the face with a brick? All right. No, no, no. Maybe maybe right now we're hearing the very beginnings of Chris Brown's defense. No, no, no. She was, uh, no, she was beating herself senseless. That's uh, true. you, you, have, you don't understand. Boy, by the way, I'm not going to dwell a whole lot on it, but. I read some more of the details, uh, things that have been now confirmed by the police and that uh, that Chris Brown, Rihanna thing. Yeah. Seriously, I'm telling you, I know that he is, uh, has not been proven to be guilty of anything, but should it turn out that he uh, is, in fact, guilty of those crimes, should he plead or be convicted? Boy, somebody's going to give that guy what for. That guy's going to get a whole lot of... Uh he's not going to be a popular person he's going to get the he's going to be greeted with a bunch of fives as they say uh, as they say in britain so anyway i'm not going to dwell cuz the details are horrible you go to go to tmz or go to uh, the aol news or go to yahoo news or google or i mean anyway, it's all you know been it's all stuff that the cops have come out with now but apparently just the one thing is apparently according to now i say tmz and people go well, oh, that's just tmz but i mean first of all it, TMZ, not unlike the Inquirer, now is a completely reputable source of news in, in almost every uh, way, Gary. and it's also stuff that, that, that the cops have confirmed. So TMZ said that they were driving along, uh, Rihanna and Chris Brown, who I guess they I, I think they had already like left one of the parties at some point because they were already like getting a bit of a dust up, and I guess he just started getting a bunch of text messages from some other woman who's like, "Are we still hooking up later tonight after that thing?" And I guess she was like, "What's that about?" And he's like. And then it escalated from there, and the next thing you know, Well, whack, how whack, dare
3: whack. Rihanna ask him any information about well, that?
2: you know, Sarah, anyway, all right. I'm going to give this one more try over here. I'm going to play a little bit of audio, and if it doesn't work this time, I'm going to burn my computer. <laughs> oh, See okay. if you know who this is, and it may be contained in the audio, but I don't believe so. Uh, name uh, the person behind this voice. With this magical computer and voice, how long have you been using this? Almost two years, I found the voice online. Thanks to a voice synthesizer on his. So who is that? Uh, who is that synthesized voice? Do you know? Do it again. Almost two years, I found the voice online. Thanks to a voice. It sounds. No
3: almost two years that
2: one. Uh, yeah, Yes, so it's almost two years uh, because the guy says, "How long have you been using this voice synthesizer?" So it's somebody using one of those Stephen Hawking things. Not Stephen Hawking. The guy says, how long have you been using this voice synthesizer?
5: Magical computer and voice. How long have you been using this?
2: Almost two years. I found the voice online. William Shatner. No. Well, see, why would William Shatner be doing that? I don't know. Well, I was going to say Peter Sellers, but that's not possible either. <laughs> were you really going to say Peter Sellers? Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: no, no. I don't, don't little, even know what we're trying no, to No, I'm asking... It, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> hold it. Everyone, everyone stop. I'm not asking who the computerized voice is supposed to sound like. I'm saying... Do you know? Do you know what uh, person? And somebody you all know. Ben Kingsley. Okay. I don't think I'm making myself clear. I love I'd... the look on your face right now. Let's all stop. You people are stupid. I'm gonna back up. This is an interview with someone who now is ob- who is now uh, obliged to use one of those Hawking computer things to talk. You know what I'm saying? Oh. oh. I'm not saying who is the voice oh, supposed who to sound your voice. like. Because it does sound like Ben Kingsley
0: though. Well <laughs> wait, done. Wait, wait. We, well,
3: I was so confused. No, 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 I'm you sorry. You and That's... I were
0: in the same confusion yeah, so see, if,
3: room. I remember, if two people are right in the room, then we're right. You're. Right. To re- I apologize. A
2: majority. I didn't mean to be, uh, I didn't mean to be uh, unclear about that. I'm not saying who does the voice sound like, because I think it's just generic, like British voice. But you're right, it does kind of sound like Ben Kingsley. No, no, no. There is somebody that you all know who is now, uh, re- medically, uh, he is now required to use this computer voice. So you ask him a question. So... What about the weather? And then he says, blah, 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 with the electronic voice. I'll play one more time.
4: Magical computer and voice. How long have you been using this? Almost
2: two years. I found the voice of mine.
0: I still think you, you know movies. what celebrity is now required to use no, my I voice? Even th- no, I I do now, but... You knew? You figured it out? Well, no, I accidentally looked over at your monitor. Oh, way to cheat. Baby. <laughs> well, You're I welcome. can't help it, you know.
2: I'm former television reporter. How's I feel to that have that? ill-gotten <laughs> gains like that, huh? <laughs> ill-gotten booty.
0: Right. No, I have sexy. no idea Roger
2: Ebert ladies and gentlemen because ah. he had the cancer in the in the he had the mouth cancer the jaw cancer or whatever uh and so he now speaks this. so whenever you see Roger Ebert interviewed now or whenever he uh you he know have whenever have a he talks, British accent. it is it, and it's really cool by the way he sounds like a super villain. Magical computer voice long asked me.
1: have you been using this almost two years I found the voice online.
2: Sounds almost like Obi Wan, but I mean, <laughs> didn't, doesn't didn't that, Like, and then you start thinking, almost to If I had to get a computerized voice, like you start thinking, like who would you use? Like, what would what voice would you use? I Ed- think you'd use Eddie Izzard. See, but th- th- that's what's thing. they were like, like, because they have that for the Tom Tom now, where Eddie Izzard is, you know, will be the voice, the, the voice of your GPS, mm-hmm. which I haven't paid for yet. But I mean, I, I kind of am tempted to it because he says hilarious things like. You know, because he doesn't say because he's British. He doesn't say turn. He says bear. You know, oh, uh, like that's right. you know, so he go bear left, monkey right, <laughs> which is an actual joke that it tells in the in the GPS. But also Mr T. This is not a joke. We played this uh, a couple months ago. We playing this. Yeah, the, 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 like Mr T. I think is one of the voices that you can get for your Tom Tom, which is the, really? which is the GPS I have. Where it's a whole lot of like I pity the fool. Don't take the next exit. You know, and it, and if you miss it, I guess it's a whole lot of you know. I, I hate it when a plan doesn't come together. Something. So after about five minutes, that would be so annoying. Wouldn't it be great though if some if you were somebody that people had to listen to, like you know you're like I don't know you are sitting there living with your family, but it's like you don't have a tongue or something, and if you're having to use electronic vo- voice. But it's Mr. T, you know. And oh. It's like uh you know what would you like for dinner? I would like some peas. And it just screams right at the. Oh, no no no. I think we figured it all out, and I'm I'm embarrassed that it took me this long. If I ever have to get one of those voice boxes. Mm-hmm. Here's if I ever have to get one of those voice boxes, you know you know what it's gonna sound like? I'm gonna use uh I'm gonna use exactly this voice, uh, right here for my voice box.
1: Go now, run along and tell your Xerxes he faces free men here, not slaves. Do it quickly before we decide to make our wall just a little bit bigger. No. Not slaves. <laughs> You're women. Will be slaves. Not this guy here. Your sons, not your daughters, your elders will be slaves, but not you. No. By noon this day you will be dead men. A thousand nations of the Persian Empire descend upon you. Our arrows.
2: Oh, this is completely not the right speech, either. But it's the Sparta guy. It's the, you know, the... the uh, this is Sparta! Like, I want... Uh, that'll be the voice of my... Uh, they should have that as a Tom, Tom uh, you know, plug-in, don't you think? Do you have a GPS? Yeah, yeah. yeah do. Driving down the road, sure. and does it talk? Well, yeah, my
0: wife sets it on the, for the English guy. Really? Yeah. See, ours is Australian. Oh, uh, can cool. I ask
2: what brand it is? Uh, It's a, it's a Garmin. All right, so we have... Because the American voice just sounded stupid, which I think is what yes. Ebert said. That's why he wanted the British uh, one. And the American voice just sounds ridiculous. So we went with, and they give them all names, which is a little weird. Right. So we chose the Australian guy who was Ken, and so now we don't even call it the GPS. We just say, like, are you bringing Ken along? Because yes, we've right. got to take it with us everywhere we go. There ought to be a plug-in for the TomTom that is, uh, that is, uh, what is it, Gerard Butler from, from 300. This
1: is your exit! <laughs> I,
0: I, I would prefer James Earl Jones. But,
2: you, that uh, would be cool. I would think that if you are... A voice actor of any note, you could probably make a lot of money right now having your voice used, uh, you know, in one of those things. Actually, you're listening to KCMD. This is KCMD Portland. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break here. Dave Schmidke.
0: All right, let's stay in California. Pranksters in Chico hacked into an electronic road sign in Northern California, but they apparently are a bit behind on current affairs. For several hours Monday, a message board along a road-widening project in Chico which is a college town about 90 miles north of Sacramento, read Chuck Norris for president. I kind of lost, the, buried the lead on that. Chuck Norris for president. Norris, the action star, as you probably know, endorsed former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee during last year's Republican presidential primary. So these guys were just slightly
2: a little bit late. Well, that's just stupid. That doesn't even make any, that no. doesn't make any sense. I mean, and first of all, and it's and it's also not that clever. The zombie thing is clever. Uh, but this is a bunch of you know what this is. This is idiots who have seen the coverage because you know about the zombie signs, right? No, I don't. Oh, dude, tell me. Tell I got me. you know what? I got two stories right here, and then we'll take a break. Um, okay. Two different stories, but I think it's now happened in two other cities. The first one was in Texas, uh, where it was in Austin, where somebody hacked into a sign and one of the you know one of those road work ahead signs, uh-huh. and it just said zombies ahead. And, you know, and this city was all, you know, they were just complete jerks about it. They were like, well, this is, they're looking at jail time if we can find out who accessed our electronic sign system. So now we've got this one. Uh, Collinsville, Illinois. Pranksters in at least three states have altered electronic road signs to warn motorists of possible traffic problems by zombies and, in one case, raptors. <laughs> um, we've got this. Collinsville, Illinois. Uh, Interstate 255. The sign was changed to read Daily Loan Closures Due to Zombies. In Austin, Texas, one sign said, zombies in area, run. (laughs) Another sign in Austin, Texas, was altered to say, quote, Nazi zombies, run, with an exclamation mark. (laughs) And then in Hamilton County, Indiana, raptors ahead, caution. By the way, one in Redmond, Washington, which is the home of Microsoft, and so this shouldn't surprise anybody, uh, actually said, um, one of them said, zombies ahead, guard your brain. And the other one, and then later on, though, they just changed it. And it was all misspelled and creepy, and it said, send more brains, which is, like, the best thing ever. There you go. Back after this with more from Dave Schmidke. Uh, Later on, we'll do the top five apocalyptic songs of all time. Uh, We'll have uh, your happy Valentine's Day or not breakup story. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show.
4: on your back, it's long, 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 it's long, long, it's big, it's heavy, it's
7: good, it's long, long, it's
0: better than that, it's good, everyone wants a long, you're gonna love it long, come on and get your
4: long, everyone needs a long, long, from Blamo.
2: Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We're here with Dave Schmidke. Coming up later on, uh, we'll do the top five apocalyptic songs of all time. Uh, Kelly Clark from Lama Week will uh, stop by. and we'll talk about uh, five things you got to do in Portland this week. And then we're going to try to uh, lean on her to tell a breakup story. And let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, we got Steve Katcham. I'm going to join us here in a few. And, uh, some other things. Did I already said a break of thing. Yeah, we got that. And, uh, and other stuff. And I'll get to this other note here in a few. Hey, by the way, um, just FYI, confidential to. Can I just make an observation about yesterday? Here's an observation about yesterday. Yesterday, Sarah was talking about an ex boyfriend who had dead eyes, like a doll's <laughs> eye. And very rarely does my wife ever, um, not even a critique, but just sort of a comment. I went i and she's like, that's totally no fair. It's like, you can't say that. It's like, you can't. Because I, I said, like, because I think you said you're like I knew somebody with dead eyes and yes. Oh, and
3: then I said I told you off
8: the
2: air. Yeah, and I said who, and you go it's and then you like mouth the name at me and Lars like it's totally not fair. You should either you shouldn't know you know if like either we should all know or nobody should know. It's not fair that you know. And she had this interesting point. She said that sort of uh, some of your exes have been given like they're you know the comedian, the farmer, the whoever. She's like you know you could just say. And I'm just picking one of those. She goes, like, you could say, like, the farmer or whatever. She's like, nobody knows who that is. And so I was sort of thinking how it is, and I don't really care, but it's interesting how we decide what attributes we're going to even vaguely refer to, like with any specificity, Mm -hmm. you know, or not. Anyway, the only reason I bring this up is because this is from uh, Martinsville, Indiana. Uh, This is uh, from WRTV, which I guess is like a big, maybe that's the big station in Martinsville. Sarah, love can be hard to find for small-town folks. How <laughs> oh, can it? But a website is helping to change that. F- I'm sorry. <clears throat> Farmersonly.com is geared specifically to those who love the rural lifestyle but is searching for someone who shares their culture and beliefs, Sarah. J-
3: I'm not a farmer.
2: That's a quote of the day. That's like a John Merrick, (laughs) I am
3: not a farmer! (laughs) I am a human being!
2: (laughs) And the thing is, I was making the trunk uh, Uh, signal with my hand. Just It was good. Um, I wish you could see that. Janelle Somerville, who is depicted here with her mouth hanging open, grew up on a farm near Martinsville, the fifth generation of her family to do so. She works in agriculture, has been riding horses since she was a child, and loves tractor pulls. The only thing... Huh. Yeah, who doesn't, really? <laughs> the only thing missing, someone to share it with. Her tractor? And actual culture. What?
3: Like someone to share her tractor pull? I now?
2: believe. She says, it's quiet. We love to have bonfires in the backyard on Saturday night. I just wanted to meet somebody that has the same type of lifestyle that I come from and the same interest that I do. Uh, founder Jerry Miller, founder of FarmersOnly.com, uh, said he built the site after talking with a divorced friend. She said, how am I going to meet somebody new working on a farm all day? And I said... Don't worry, you'll meet somebody at church or whatever. She said, I already know everybody at church. God damn, these people are dumb. Anyway, really? so anyway, so there you go. So if you want to meet a farmer, and who doesn't
3: I've already no, I've already done the farmer. I'm I'm moving on to a different <laughs> person. I didn't mean it like uh, that. There
2: are so many planting analogies there whatever. that could go astray. Not, oh my
3: god, it's genius.
2: I'm not even I'm not even gonna go to the, the, the spinal tap that... You know, <laughs> working on a you, sex farm. <laughs> have you gone to
3: Farmers Only? There's a horse no. talking on top that says for level-minded people only And that says over oh, 75 marriages. FarmersOnly.com City folks just don't get it.
2: It's a talking horse? <laughs> Are there any of them that aren't cheap? Welcome to Welcome Farmers under- Only.
3: Oh, they've made 75 marriages and it has pictures of all the people. Congratulations to Sarah and Grant.
2: 75 marriages and 400 children. All right. Uh, okay. It's 503-733-2970. In uh, one moment here, uh, we will uh, have more news with Dave uh, Schmidtke. Thank you for trying to help me out, Rick. Uh, you know, Rick Emerson gives. Uh, all right. Let's <laughs> welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show from New York City. CNN radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you? I am fantabulous. How's your life?
5: Doing well. I had uh, fun yesterday, last night.
2: Apparently, uh, Steve, from what I'm told, this year's winner of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show is an unlikely champion. And now, uh, with more CNN Radio, Steve Kastenbaum.
5: <laughs> it's true. You know, I looked at the the winner, and uh, I couldn't help but think, "That's it." Did he Did he see pictures of this dog?
2: No. Now the answer to that question is always no.
5: <laughs> he uh, the winner this year uh, was a Sussex. Uh, 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 Ah, jeez. Now uh, I'm getting all... uh, Spaniel? Spaniel, thank you very much. I I wanted to say Cocker Spaniel. a Sussex Spaniel, right? The dog, it is a pure breed. Uh, It's been in their uh, competition for many, many decades. But uh, it sort of looks like a cross between uh, a brown Cocker Spaniel and a Basset Hound because it's low to the ground, you know, and has long ears. And I looked at it, and 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 I thought... That's best in show. It, it kind of looks like a mutt.
2: But I mean, here's a silly question. I mean, what? Wh- how do they? De- uh, 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 please don't confuse this with me actually caring all that much. But I am sort of curious. How do they determine like the, the best in show? Is that just? Is it just like it? Like how can they o- obey or something? Or do they? Oh. Are they groomed well? I mean, I don't even.
5: Oh. It's amazing because it, you're really comparing apples and oranges when you're judging this uh, down to the uh, the best in show level. Uh, first of all, the, the Madison Square Garden was packed. With dog-crazed fans last night. Just listen to the call here.
4: Winning us show for the 133rd Westminster Dog Show, the Sussex
5: Spaniel. Isn't that amazing? Thousands of people went crazy. Uh, how do they do this? Well, first of all, he's an unlikely champion because he's 10 years old, and he hadn't, he hadn't been at a, a dog show in five years. He was retired. They brought him out of retirement and uh, he's the oldest dog to win the prestigious competition, and he also is lucky to be here. He almost died. He had some mysterious ailment that left uh, him up in the doggy hospital for 19 days, mm-hmm. and he miraculously recovered. So that's uh, why they're saying uh, he is uh, the unlikely champion. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll answer your question in a second. Right after you hear how happy his handler Scott Summer was, everything that he's been through and to recover the way he did, and then come here and go best and so is just way more than I ever dreamed would happen. That's a professional dog handler.
2: You know, okay. I mean, a professional dog handler, it's not quite as bad as being, like, a professional poet or something, you know, which is one of those gigs that is, like one person in the world can get. But, I mean, it, I mean, it, look, whatever, if you could make a living doing that, God, God, God bless you. Because, you know what, I, I make a living sitting here talking about Ren and Stimpy uh, for half an hour. It just, it is just... It's no wonder that Christopher Guest did that parody, because it's such a specialized world, and you know. And I know that everything. I know that there are a million sort of analogs to this, but it's just one of those things that just people take so freaking seriously, and to the point that, I and I think I speak for a lot of. Uh, I think I speak for a lot of people here that every time I see a, a dog show, and I don't mean to sound like hostile, but I don't really care. But it's like. Whenever I see people that are holding up their dog's purebred certificate, no, 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 the American Kennel Club has certified that this dog is a purebred. You know, I, it, in a weird way, I take even more pride in the fact that my dog is just some weird, uh, you know, just some, just some mutt variety of just whatever, you know, like 900 yeah. different things. And I'm just, they, I, get, I get kind of mutt pride, you know?
5: I hear you. Well, you know, uh, the, there is an annual competition for the mutts. I forgot who puts it on. But there is uh, there is one uh, where you can uh, enter your dog if he's uh, just a, a good looking goofy mutt. You can enter him in this uh, big competition every year.
2: I do. Th- I think that there's something to be said there. I think that probably I'm not going to tell you should do this because it's probably a bigger topic than anybody has time to handle. I think there probably is some analysis or dissertation or some sort of research paper to be done on the. The purebred versus the mutt as a microcosm of of uh, American culture and class distinctions and divisions. Mm. You oh, know? man,
5: this is, this is crazy high class. Uh, when, when you get down to the Westminster Kennel Club, uh, it, it is a, a very prestigious organization to be in, very political. I, I get the impression it's very political, because you always see the, the sorry faces in the staging area, and, and you hear some people mumbling under their breath that, You know, it's political. This one's connected. These dog owners, they're in with the club. But on the other hand, you have to say, you know, the people who do this for a living, you know, know how to pick the best dog out of a litter and know how to breed good dogs. So that's why they are successful. But to answer your question about how they judge these dogs when you're comparing, you know, dogs from different breeds, it's easy when you're judging the best of breed because you look at the dog that is the best out of of the bunch, you know, that, that best exemplifies the breed's characteristics. So I asked the judge, you know, you've got a toy dog in there, you've got working dogs, you've got hounds, you've got uh, sporting dogs, and they're all different. How do you compare one to the other? And she told me that when you're judging for best in show or, or best in group, you are looking for the dog that best represents its breed's ideals. So you're really getting down to a, a gray area.
2: This is the very definition of someone with too much time. Not you, Steve Castro. I'm just talking about you know these folks who are like because don't you imagine somebody at home with like a slide rule like measuring the dog's ears? I don't know. I just don't know. I think we may have to uh, we may have to clip these a bit.
5: They do that with their eyes. You can see how they pour over every inch of the dog when, when they're looking at them. They really like look at the lines. Look at look at how wide the body is and how long from nose to tail. You, you can totally tell. You know, is the dog holding his head up the right way? Is is the tail? out the, the right way, and it really gets down to that. So I don't, you know, they look at, basically what happens here is, you know, the judge looks at this uh, Sussex Spaniel and says, this dog is a better representation of the Sussex Spaniel breed than that dog is a, than that dog is a representation of the
2: poodle. You know what somebody ought to do? This is my final thought here, because uh, otherwise we're just talking about dogs for like an hour. My final thought is this, and I'm kind of ripping off Bill Murray a little bit, but my final thought is that, you know, as I said like a thousand times a day, what with the economy and all, blah, blah, blah. I, I was talking to somebody the other day. I do this, I do this, uh, this TV show here uh, called Outlook Portland, and we were talking about the effect of the economy on pet owners and people who have dogs and can't afford to take care of them and how the Humane Society and you know, those groups are suffering because, again, you needed too many resources, too many dogs that people can't really tend to, and dogs at the shelter, people don't feel like they can adopt them. Some, the Humane Society, or one of those groups, ought to do some sort of an ad campaign. That is, have you seen those McDonald's ads that are clearly targeted at Starbucks? I don't know if those are running, Steve. Oh, are those yeah. running where you are?
5: I don't know. To be honest, I haven't been watching enough TV lately. They're those are genius. They're talking, they are genius. They are they're very
2: fantastic. And, it, that, you know, and whether you agree or disagree, like the ad's not targeted at me, and I understand that, but it's great advertising. These McDonald's ads, which are just, they're mean. They're just brutal. Where, they're, they're, like, they'll show some guy, and the deal is because McDonald's is now selling these sort of upscale, you know, like lattes and mocha and, you know, whatever, specialty coffee drinks. And there's, like, some guy going, like, I'm so glad McDonald's has started selling lattes. Now I don't have to pretend to like foreign films, and I can take off these Birkenstocks. And it's the whole thing that, like, essentially what they are saying is, you know, that the specialty coffee places are are for, are for posers and hipsters, and you don't want to be like that. Have the people's coffee at McDonald's. I mean, it's very, very well done. And Humane Society, it seems like they ought to do one of those, you know, where it's a whole lot of, you know, where they show, like, like the stupid, like the, the toy poodle that's all trimmed and clipped and shaped and sculpted, and it's dyed pink and it's got bows and its hair, and then they are just, you know, and then they should have some sort of thing about, like, you know, that Bill Murray thing about the, you know, we're all dog faces, we're all mutts, and yeah. how the mutt is the American dog. I mean, that is, that is, you know, how you know, there's like a state flower and a state bird and a state, you know, a state logo, and there ought to, you know, there ought to be like an American because there's the American bird, which is the bald, bald eagle there's an american i mean are there, are there anything else is there anything else like a national whatever we have a national bird but is there anything else because the national dog ought to just be the mutt period and end of story that's it and the humane society ought to really have a whole ad campaign you know about you know uh, uh-huh. to be an american is to be a mutt you know get you know, you know get yours today at the humane society or whatever just, i'm just saying that's a thing they ought to do
5: i like mutts they're tremendously loyal
2: you know there is no dog that is more loyal more lovable than a mutt, Steve Kastenbaum, as Bill Murray would say in Stripes.
5: Hey, uh, speaking of, of coffee, by the way, that ad, you just made me think of yeah. uh, a book that I just finished reading. Have you ever read Starbucked?
2: I, by Taylor Clark. He is from Portland, Oregon.
5: Ah, oh, what a great book. Yeah,
2: yeah. I uh, was raving about that book repeatedly when it came out. That Starbucked by Taylor Clark, who used to work at a, uh, the alternative weekly here called Willamette Week. Uh, Starbucked is one of the best books about American business that I've read in a long time.
5: Yeah, yeah. you really realize, you know... Well, first of all, it's just interesting to see how business can become a phenomenon overnight like that, and how Americans can can you know all of a sudden go along collectively with something like that. Uh, but then what, what they've done to the coffee industry is just unbelievable.
2: And just fine, my final, final, final thought is in Starbucks, uh, he bases a lot of that in Portland, and he talks about the place in America where the two there are the two Starbucks closest to each other, and there are right. two Starbucks within 300 feet, and that is actually at a mall that's about, about a mile from us. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great book. All right. On that note, my friend, uh, are you on tomorrow? Uh, yes, I am. Right. We will speak with you then. Have a fantastic day, sir. So long. Oh, there you go. By the way, somebody in email here noted that you know, mutts are, are genetically superior too because they come from a wider gene pool as opposed to the purebreds. Which it, purebred is really another way of saying inbred. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just be honest about I that.
3: Every purebred dog my family's ever had, we've had problems with. Well, because i here, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: it, it, because it's like the royals, so they've all got like a secret, you know, arm they don't tell anybody about because because it's like <laughs> five people like just humping each other forever. So you don't well, want to do that, kids.
0: You know, we had two dogs for for 16 years practically, and one one was a, a purebred golden retriever, and the other one was just as our vet used to call her a third world dog, mm-hmm. and um. By the time it was all said and done, I think we spent probably a little over six grand on the purebred. In her entire lifetime, the mutt Murphy maybe two hundred dollars. Right. Well, and because it's
2: just stronger. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to knock purebreds for people who have them, but I do think that there's such a disproportionate amount of attention uh, paid to them, and I think that there really is there is just something so inherently charming about the mutt, and it's not like a sympathy thing either. I mean, you know, it's there's just something endearing. About the fact, and I do believe—not to be too philosophical about it—but I do believe that they're really onto something. And that when Bill Murray gives that speech, that there really is just something, I think, in a mutt, you know, in a dog, where it's like, I don't know, he's part something or other and part something, and I don't know who—who's to say that? I think as an American, you look at that and you do have that sort of that sense of self-recognition. There is some weird, there is a, there's a weird sort of reflection of the American makeup in in the mutt. and I think that that's why. You know, I think that's why people are are so attracted to them. So, in any event, here's Dave Schmitke,
0: ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You're going to love this one. Selma Hayek was visiting a hospital in war-torn Sierra Leone when she met a woman unable to feed her starving tot. Selma said the baby was perfectly healthy, but the mother did not have any milk. So, and there are actually pictures of this. Please tell me
2: this ends how I think it ends.
0: Selma gladly came to her aid, ignoring the TV cameras, and fed the baby.
2: Are you kidding me?
0: I am not kidding you. Quote, Selma, he was very hungry. I was weaning my daughter, Valentina, but I still had a lot of milk, so I helped out and breastfed the baby.
2: I have such a strange mix of emotions right now. You and me both. That's, it's, it's, it's a, uh, well, here. Wait, hold on. Where are the photos? Right
0: there. Take a look at that one, Palio. It, I don't even know how to feel about this. I don't, I'm conflicted. I think that was such a sweet thing to do. Um, I think it's
3: sweet.
2: Yeah. I, I uh, don't, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a bit, like, I don't, it's.
3: But, like, at the same time, like, why is summer? why would it be bad about summer High when We drink, like, we're talking about cow's milk all the time.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: But,
0: I don't know. It
2: just seems weird, doesn't it? It's a little. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that would be acceptable in America. I think that, in, I'm not saying it's right have, or wrong, like, right? No, Nurses. Is that, well, is that what is a, is that what hey, a wet nurse Isn't that what does? nurses do? Don't they, like, milk babies? I would say don't look milk at babies. Don't they <laughs> give their milk to babies? Isn't a wet nurse a thing from, like, Dickens novels? <laughs> like, 100 years ago in Britain? As a chambermaid in the wet nurse.
3: I thought they still existed. I tell Google. I don't nurse. know
2: whether they exist because I don't know what they are. Well, I, wet I nurse wet nurses bear- were,
3: like, um like, if the mothers couldn't breastfeed and, like, the nurses could, then they should feed the kids.
2: I mean, it's, it, you know,
0: it's I used to get confused. fine with me. I just... When I'd, I'd look in the thrifties, you know, the cheap ads in the in the right. paper, and they'd uh, have the breast pumps for sale, the used ones. Yes. For the, when I was younger,
2: I'm like, what is that? Yeah, The uh, and that's... Um, uh. All right, she says, Selma later questioned whether her kind act had betrayed her own baby, but then realized Valentina would be proud of her. Selma added, I thought about it. Am I being disloyal to my child by giving my milk away? I actually think my baby would be proud to share her milk, and when she grows up, I will show her the photos. All right. Well, there you go. I just, I'm so conflicted at how to, uh oh, here's an email that says, I'm torn about whether to be weirded out and just thinking about Selma Hayek and her boobs uh, elicits one emotion and then the breastfeeding quite another and that it's in, you know, it's like some other, somebody else's baby in a war-torn country. It's just all kinds of weirdness. All right. Well, okay. Well, I'm going to put it. I will say this, by the way. <laughs> Selma Hayek does not appear to age. She doesn't appear to age because mm-hmm. this is clearly a candid photo. I mean, I know whether I mean obviously she's you know she's aware the press are there, but she doesn't look all made up. Uh, baby or not, uh, mom or not, uh, aging or not, Selma Hayek doesn't. She, there's nothing. I don't. She just stays like unbelievably scorchingly hot. Yeah, she defies she defies, uh, she defies uh, the laws of physics. Somehow. Okay,
3: wet nurses do still exist, especially they're widely used uh, between for women who have had cosmetic breast augmentation, which impairs their ability to breastfeed.
2: I didn't think that was true. I thought that that I thought that was one of the things they said is that that wasn't, uh, that it didn't, like, you could get breast implants, but it, it was moving things around, but it wasn't removing anything.
3: Well, no, I think because I have a friend who has uh, breast implants who had, uh, who did n- nurse her baby, but I think it just depends on, like, maybe the placement of it.
2: Or maybe, like, if you cheap out and get, like, the, you know, like the bit, like the like the Doctor Nick. <laughs> like, Hello, everybody! Boobs, everybody! Uh, you know, and he's just like he's just like filling you full of like uh, Quaker State or something. Yeah, petroleum product. So, yeah, seriously, uh, you know, what are you filling me? Uh, don't worry about it. It'll be twelve dollars. All right, uh, let's do one, one more. We'll take a break
0: here. All right, let's well, this is you... kind of an actual segue here. The spotlight on the mother of octuplets is turning to the fertility doctor who helped her give birth not once but fourteen times by implanting Nadia Suleiman with fertilized embryos. The Medical Board of California investigating the doctor, whom it did not name, to see if there was a violation of the standard care uh, the uh, spokeswoman uh, Candace Cohen said Friday. Uh, Suleman, as you may remember, of Whittier, California, already had six children when she gave birth January 26 to Octuplets. Crazy. Ugh, is she a time.
3: single parent?
0: Yes, she, she is, is, Sarah. Yeah.
3: No way. The world Even needs...
2: her mom now is just slamming her. The world needs more single mothers, Sarah. They're a gift. Yeah. I, there's I, nothing that helps the economy more than single mothers. Jesus.
0: Uh, it's just hard to and
2: believe. And here's the thing. I understand, like, you know, lest anybody think that I'm just being all uh, confrontational about it. I understand there's lots of reasons yeah, you can be a single mom. I mean, you can be, uh, you can be divorced. You can be a widow. Uh, you could have some uh, a deadbeat who at eight and a half months said, and I'm out, and then just, uh, you know, it leaves. That's fine. But this is, but I, I don't think, and it's not just single moms. Like, I think, you know, the, the idea that you are somehow going to, you are going to proactively create a single-parent household just strikes me as a bad idea. Well, 14 times. Well, not even. I mean, but yeah, but I mean, it's like, well, 14 times, and don't even get me started on the... <laughs> I hate to make this comparison. Please forgive me. It's just that. Yeah, we, 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 screw it. You know, people are going to be offended by this, then they would have been offended by everything Sarah and I have said over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about uh, Humane Society, full of dogs and full of mutts. I hate to be making the dog-kid comparison again. You know what? Every time you see some uh, woman like this, don't you just picture, like, all of the kids out there that are sitting around waiting for somebody to adopt them? Yeah. No, no, no. Hybrid. He's got to look like me. I'm, I am so valuable, I have to Xerox myself over and over and over and over again. It must come from my own blood. Seriously. Like, F mm. that. Like with the, the, Every time I read about people who are spending thousands of dollars to have some uh, baby jammed inside them, you know, and we, you know that there's a whole bunch of uh, kids out there better and that was a no 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 the the way to adopt uh you know the, the way to adopt a kid is just endless but that's not really true when they say that the way to adopt a kid is endless i mean let's just be honest what they're saying is the way to adopt a newborn white baby is yeah, endless. Yeah. That's the deal. When they say no, no, right. no, it takes forever to get it. It takes forever to get it. You know, to get like a brand new white baby. And so the, the of course, because that's you know in America that no, 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 he has to. If, the, even if they adopt, parents are like no, no, no. Even if we're adopting, he's got to look like us. And so you'll get these, just get these families who are just so unbelievably bent on having some tiny version of themselves. And then you got all these other kids who are just sitting there and who, uh, by dint of age or by dint of, you know, whatever the background they come from or, you know, the, you know that you know, the, the, they have nobody adopting them. And then you've got this woman who's spending God knows how much money to, to create 14 babies. I mean, it just sounds ridiculous. Like, it sounds it, – it's just absurd. What are
0: they saying? And I don't see it in this article that I have right here, but there's, uh, they're talking about how much money it will cost. Just the basics. I'm not talking about putting the kids through college. Just, just you know, running them, to, going through school, clothing, food. It is it multiple millions of dollars. Ah. And you know who's going to pay for that?
2: Oh, I think it's John Q. Schmidtke yeah. Who's going to be paying for that. So, <laughs> we yeah, have a I just, personal note on that. You know, and by the way, and that, just let anybody think I'm being whatever. I mean, I think that goes for. It's different because you know, because men can't reproduce unless you're in that uh, unless you're in that Schwarzenegger uh, film. But it is just the idea that you are sort of. Like actively create a single parent household where one doesn't are, where one doesn't need to exist is just it just seems wrong. It just strikes me as you know it's one thing if it's done like you don't have any control over it. Forces beyond your control, mm-hmm. you know, it create a single parent household. I mean, my my mom was you know for for part of. Uh, for part of my adolescence and for a much bigger part of my younger brother's uh, life, you know, he was raised by a single mom. My, you know, my, my mom, my dad finally, uh, you know, went their own ways when I was about 14, 15. So but that, that's one thing. The idea that, like, when you have control over it and you are going to voluntarily create a single-parent household for a kid is just irresponsible, uh, regardless of whether it's a single mom or a single dad. It's just a bad idea. And, you know, and again, that there's 9 billion kids out there that need to be adopted, but it, this, if it doesn't look like me, it has no value. That's ridiculous. Well, it's like that correlation that you made with the, you
0: know, the kid dog correlation. Like mm-hmm. the people who spend a hundred and fifty thousand dollars to clone their right, dog. Right, right. I mean, really? Uh, okay. Could you donate that to a shelter, maybe? No,
2: no, no. Dave. That just doesn't make any sense. It's <laughs> illogical. the exact same dog that I had. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. And i get got this thing about the Snuggie that I'll get to here in just a second. Uh, but we'll take a break first. Uh, it's 503 Here's what's coming up. Uh, in the uh, second half of this hour, we'll do the top five. Top five apocalyptic song, uh, songs of all time. Uh, we have Kelly Clark from Willamette Week coming up. And Happy Valentine's Day or not, featuring another Richie Bristol breakup story and one from the audience as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. The message is Mars needs women. We interrupt this record to bring you a special bill of the reports of a flying saucer hovering over the city have been confirmed. That's your Build a sex temple. I don't mean for this to sound sleazy, but what do you wear when I put my baby in you? I better take off my pants. Take off your panties. Let me go to uh, the thehornysluts.com. Rape food like bosoms. Your bosoms? Uh, which are plentifully cool. possible as being hidden in my butt. You must take my seed. I'm sweating for the anus. No matter what you do in your life, you will never be as retarded as I am. <laughs> the Rick Emerson radio program, an excursion into whimsy. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. I don't even know how to pronounce this word. Vajagami? Kajagugu?
3: I think it was Vajagami.
2: I'm not making this up, by the way. Uh, Sarah Dillon gave me this story. As part of V-Week, what is V-Week? I have no idea. Are they bringing back Are they bringing back the story of man's fight against lizard invaders on NBC? Is
3: this V-Week this week?
2: I don't really know. I don't know what V-Week is. Is that like when we have victory over weeks? Is it's, it Vahina Week? V, v- isn't victory? I mean, v- <laughs> it is uh, V-Week. V- V-Week just makes me think like Kenneth Johnson has come back with another miniseries, uh, you know, starring Mark Singer. So, all right, well, in any event. As part of V-Week, which I guess is Vagina Week... Oh, I mean, I don't mean to sound retarded, but I mean, what, what does that even mean, that it's vagina weed?
3: I don't know. Pleased to be reading the press release and letting
2: us know yeah, how. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I swear to God, I am not making this up. Uh, OSU, which is what? That's Oregon State University? Yes? Yeah. Or Ohio State. Ohio State. Um, this, by the way, will put to bed any sort of images that colleges are a huge waste of time.
3: Yes, and I got this in my work email. I get the most ridiculous things in there all the time.
2: So this is really like, I mean, like you were sort of uh, trying to figure out whether, in fact, colleges are made up of a bunch of navel-gazing nitwits or, in fact, vagina-gazing nitwits uh, who are just sitting there trying to be isolated from the real world in every way possible, spending their time on things that couldn't matter less while wasting their parents' money. We have this. As part of V-Week <laughs> at OSU, the Women's Center... I think somebody made a mistake, and they spelled it w o m e n not y n no someone needs to be uh, someone needs to be spoken to there and um, pure health advocates hosted two hours of vagina origami, which sounds painful uh that's like a Jim rose circus sideshow kind of a thing
3: but what are they doing with their vaginas
2: well I, I'm unclear because it's poorly written. Uh, yesterday, in order to teach men and women... I swear to God I'm not making this up. In order to teach men and women alike more about the mystery of the vagina. What's the mystery? I don't know. uh, What is that again? It's not like you're going to confuse it with your knee or something. I mean, you might. The Vagigami event was led by Amber Calkins, a senior in biology, who has been coordinating V-Week and the presentation of the Vagina Monologues, along with her colleagues. This and goes, it's all about the vagina. Well, and vol- it's all vagina all the time with her. And volunteers at PHA. There's so much... Doesn't this sound like a disease? There's so much stigma around the vagina, says Calkins. Doesn't that sound like a thing that the doctor says as he's looking at you with a microscope? You don't want to hear
0: those stigma and vagina
2: in the same sentence, usually. Well, the only... I mean, I guess it's better than having stigmata around the vagina, but I mean... Events like... Vajagami, help discuss and normalize these topics. This is the last thing I'm going to say. There's so much there's here that I can't... There's pages
3: of gold there. Like, there's so no much, and, and I can't, I can't read most of line. it on the air.
2: That's the mm-hmm. thing is, there's so much you, I can't... Instance, should I be talking about it? No. More well, no, there's just things we can't. There's things that we could say because it is a news story, but that I'm not going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'm going to read two more sentences, then we're going to move on. Uh, we got the top five to get to. More news with Dave Schmicky. Uh, uh, Kelly Clark uh, is here. In the women's center at around 1.30, four women and one man, who was the undoubtedly browbeaten and broken husband of one of the women, crowded around the table on their knees and struggled with the complexities of making a lookalike vagina out of paper and neon colors.
0: This is a, a news oh. uh, release, by the way. That's not where my mind was going with that.
2: No. And I'm just going to, I can't even, uh, I'm not even going to say this next sentence in its entirety. Um, apparently at one point, uh, while well, doing this origami, there was a man who was uh, focusing on a specific area of that uh, of that part of the body that is. um <laughs> anyway, focusing on uh, the, a small uh, very specific and uh, in, important section of the thing you know what I'm talking about. Um, while forming a big blank we all know what I'm talking about there. the man in the video who remains faceless and I'm not unnamed
3: about the, the man in the video <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, only you only when? you could do that. Well done sir. With that. thank you. We could not do that.
2: The man instructed his viewers to, quote, crush it up a little bit, saying, quote, the blank does not need to be sharp, end quote, he said. Thanks for clearing that up, because I was under the impression that if it wasn't sharp, there was something wrong. (laughs) All right. Remember, if you're not perforated at the end, you're not doing it right. <laughs> Jesus God. All right. Ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, Dave Schmidt. And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown
0: Portland, this is the news. Well, Sheriff's Deputies are seeking a Tampa Bay woman. They say illegally injected silicone and saline into two women's buttocks. But it related a little bit to the story right before Where did this
2: uh where did this take place? This Tampa Bay. Is that the? Uh, what state is that in? Florida. That's
1: all
3: me. I think it was both of us at the same time. Wait, is yours working?
2: Oh, I had my computer turned <laughs> off. <on>. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, I played it, but I had the volume knob down.
0: You had the best of intentions, didn't that you? Suck. All right. Sharhonda Lindsay um, was not licensed when she administered the cosmetic enhancements, police say. The women uh, agreed to pay Lindsay to inject them with hydrogel and saline solution. They paid $500 for 40 injections uh, into their butt. <laughs> now
2: I would do that for a lot but less. That's into the buttocks itself, yes. not into the uh, you know. No. The whatnot.
0: No, I I I'm looking all throughout this article to try to find out what the the goal.
2: Is this just because you want a, a curvier uh, behind, mm-hmm. and so he's? Or it was a woman though, and she was giving you. She was giving not you, but uh, giving people uh, <laughs> you, Dave Schmidtke, illicit uh, injections of. Uh, but I mean, So they're
3: like butt implants,
2: kind of, right? Baby, but, don't got enough back apparently. What was the? Uh, but like, what was the actual substance? Hydrogel and saline. But I mean, oh. so saline is just salt water. Yeah. But I mean, what did, what is hydrogel? That sounds like a, some sort of a futuristic bathroom. <laughs> apparently, you I'm don't sorry, want the, it uh, in the, your back door. The, enterpri- the enterprise bathroom is all out of hydrogel. I need
0: to. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what that is. I, I'm not sure either. They don't elaborate. They do. However, apparently, it's not too comfortable because uh, after the woman uh, Lindsay left, the police say the victims experienced pain and discomfort. They were taken to the hospital where they remain.
2: Uh, oh, by the way, uh, just uh, who wants to be angered further about things? Anyone? Oh, Rick Emerson sure, in the back? Yes. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> How about this? To the surprise of no one, by the way. I mean, you talk about a woman who. This is uh, just my opinion. Uh, it's protected by the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America. My uh, constitutionally protected opinion is that this uh, octo mom, the Octoblet mom, mm-hmm. uh, she crazy. Uh, she crazy yeah. long time. Oh yeah. And so this email says, apparently the. Wombzilla woman got the money for her in vitro fertilization from a settlement for when she worked at a mental hospital. But that's not the worst part. Here we go. I am reading this. This is uh, a combination of sources here. I'm reading this from the Huffington Post and the Los Angeles Times. Uh, the L.A. Times uh, has a whole a whole piece about this, but I'm just going to give you the uh, I'm just going to give you the good stuff here. This is from the L.A. Times. Hey, who's surprised by this? Hey, she's fifty thousand dollars in debt. Oh, my God. Oh, no, it gets so much better, Sarah. Octuplet mom, Nadia Suleiman, has, yes, launched a website asking for donations for her family of 14. The site features pictures of the eight newborns with their names and birth weights, drawings of a rainbow, a bottle, and a pacifier, and has two options to donate. She's accepting monetary donations, payable by credit card, and she's also given an address to which one can send goods. I'm going to send you a home sterilization kit and a cork. How about that, huh? (laughs) Hey, why don't we all get together and send her some corks? That should be the, I'm going to write that down. I I loved it when her her father was quoted as saying, well, this was uh, God's intention. Yeah, really. Um, The the website also contains a section to leave comments uh, and the following message. Um, she says, we thank you for the love and good wishes sent to us from around the world. The octuplets arrived on 12609. They're growing stronger by the day. Suleiman no doubt needs help. She has no income, is $50,000 in debt. Hey, be happy to know that she does, in fact, they receive $500 a month in food stamps.
3: So can they take her kids away from her?
2: Uh, they should. I don't know if they can. Oh, by the way, she also receives... This just gets so much better with every sentence. This is... Here's the thing. It's just confirming what we all knew. Like, the minute you heard this, you knew that all this stuff was probably the case. By the way, she received $600 in disability payments a month for, uh, a month for each of the three of her six existing children because uh, the three older kids have disabilities. Yeah, their mother. One has a speech impediment. One has uh, ADHD. One has autism. Because an autistic kid's easy to raise. Why not have 13 more? Wow. So you will be happy to know you can give her your money uh, all right so there you go i 'm going to uh what should we send here? I mean, is the cork too blunt? the cork's <laughs> kind of funny all right I think I mean really i mean if you 're going to send something that makes a statement i 'm really thinking it's uh i 'm really thinking it 's the cork, but you know what i'm willing to take suggestions so uh maybe we'll do a high concept topic later on, the, uh, <laughs> later on in the day. later on of the day what ought we be sending the Womzilla, mom? And by the way, I'm going to start using Woomzilla instead of Octomom. It sounds better. It's 503-7. It does. It's 503-7332170. Uh, we don't have to, uh, time to do the um, top five here, but so let me read this great thing that we're going to steal, and then we'll take a break. Kelly Clark will be here. Dave Schmicki will do the top five breakup story. It's all very exciting. Uh, all right, we got this. This Michael Mayer. What do you think about this, Sarah? You're on the Facebook. Uh, Dave Schmicki, the Facebook. Uh, d- don't don't really do the Facebook thing. Have you thought about you it? Don't
3: really do it. That means that you're on there and you don't use it very no,
2: much. No, I don't do it at all. So Mike O'Mara, they do this great thing at the beginning of their show, or or I, I think, I think that it maybe, maybe I misheard it, but I think that they do this thing when they go on the air where they, at least the last time I listened, when the show began, they did this great countdown of like a five, four, three, two, one. And then the deal was that like, you know, that move thing in the movie where you synchronize your watches before you go rob the bank or raid the POW camp or something. They were synchronizing Facebook status, and they were having every single listener change the status to "currently listening to the Michael Mara Show" at wjfk.com. I'm thinking that somebody—by somebody, mean us—that uh, we ought to just steal that. I'm idea. doing it right now. Don't you think that we should, at the beginning of the show, have a thing where we ask the audience <gasps> to change <gasps> That's their status?
3: steely thing ever. But
2: see, of course, as always, it doesn't come from me. It comes from the, you know, the, the Michael Mara Show, formerly the Donna Mike Show. So, which is where all the good ideas uh, come from. So, then they do a thing at the beginning of the show where they're like, everyone now change your Facebook status to listening to the Michael Mara show at WJFK, you know, 106.7 or whatever. So, I think we ought to do that. uh, I'll
3: change. What should I change my status to right now? Uh, I've never, because I've never changed it. I've only changed it, like, to promote things.
2: Well, for you, it would probably be currently.
3: uh... Listen to
2: the Rick Emerson show. Yeah. I mean, Sarah Dillon is currently like, you know, uh, I don't know. I
3: can't talk about myself in the third person, though.
0: I you know, thank, thank goodness for that, really. Thank you, really. I appreciate it. That is the, the highest sign of crazy person that exists.
3: I can do, like, like, I'll do, like, it's my name, I'll put, like, a dash. I'll be like, I'm going to be here tonight, so blah, 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 you know, like, do whatever. Yeah. But I can't be like, Sarah is lonely.
2: Um, <laughs> uh, well, they, I don't know. I don't know what yours would say, though. That's the weird thing. I don't know.
3: But just listen to the Rick Emerson Show. I guess.
2: But then for the audience, I think we should have one where, like, you know, so-and-so is listening to the Rick Emerson Show at 970.am or, you know, on, you know. Yeah, well, we need all the permission we
3: can get. Especially
2: <laughs> Facebook, though, is I think probably we should point people to the website because Facebook has a core, you know, because the Internet and so it's everywhere. And so, we, you know, and you can listen online from anywhere, anywhere in the world. So uh, we should think about that. And then tomorrow at the beginning of the show, we should do a synchronization of Facebook status. All right, there you go. I'm going to I file that away. wanted to
3: do something like as a bit, like reading people's Facebook statuses on the air, but I don't know why. I think it was
2: was it you that had the idea of reading it like it was poetry, and you get like a bed underneath it, and
3: no, but that's genius. You can go through all of mine because see, look, you can click on this, and put like all of those statuses, oh, yeah. so like they're all just going
2: down. And so you string them all together, and then you put like some weird desiderata. Uh, you know, go placidly amid the noise and the haste. For
3: example, Dennis Pitzenbarger is once again stuffing 30 hours into 24. Thank God for it.
2: Dennis Pitzenbarger is... I don't have... We would need Gustav, some...
3: Gustav is not feeling economically stimulated.
2: <laughs> we would need some sort of... But like some weird hippy-trippy music. And not like a flute, no. but like some of those... But you know do you know Desiderata? Do you remember that? No, huh? It was a spoken word thing from the 70s. I play it like once a month. It was a DJ named Les Crane who voiced it, but it was... um. Uh, I'll play, maybe we'll come back from the break with it. It was this, like, it was like that everybody's free-to-wear scu- sunscreen thing. It was like, you know, like a guide to life. But it was a spoken word and then a chorus and then a spoken word advice and then a chorus. And it was a big hit. It was a huge single in the 70s. I think it sold like a million copies. Really? But, it, but it, yeah, it's terrible. Desert uh, Desodorata. <laughs> All right. We'll come back from the break. So, uh, so uh, there you go. So we're going to start stealing that, I think, tomorrow. Let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Uh, more news from Dave Schmicke. Kelly Clark will be here. Uh, we'll do the top five and the happy Valentine's Day or not breakup uh, story. And we're going to get to all of those things. I swear to God. You stay there. Back after this, the Rick Emerson Show. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. I've got this uh, queued up over here. Do you want to uh, throw this to me and I'll see if I can get this to it? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I
1: give you a. You are a child of the universe. No less than the trees and the stars. You have a.
2: So much better. It's a huge hit in 1971 on the Hippo Red, the year of Stairway to Heaven,
1: by the way. Go placidly amid the noise and haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others. Even the dull and ignorant, they too have their story. They have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons, for they they are are vexations to the spirit. Oh my God. I have this whole 33 of them. Really? Yes. You may become vain and bitter, for always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself.
2: the studio, like
1: hippie idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Eugene for
0: nine
2: years. I've got the hippie
1: dance down. down. All right. I can't
2: and it, I've never heard this. Song oh, dude, it's a huge hit, and I'm just—I mean, it goes on for another. It's four and a half minutes long. Oh, that's awful. And that is a DJ named Les Crane. He didn't write it, uh, but they, it was one of those things uh, where they—somebody just had. I think it was a poster. It was like was some dorm room poster that we saw everywhere, and it was like tips for let you know mellow, laid back living, and um, and but then, you know, but somebody saw that there was money to be made, and they found they did what they always did. They like got a DJ, and they put him in the studio, and then they got some singers, and then they whipped it into you know, and they released it. And It was a huge hit, um, and so th- then they of course they put out a full album, which I own, which is called like Desiderata and other poems, and it's just it's terrible. But do you think we have to do with them with with Facebook? I just need to find the music bed. And then it's a whole lot of, like, John is wondering how many cans of tuna fish he should put on this sandwich. Love, You know, and then there's, like, the, the big chorus. Uh, that would become one of them, their Internet viral hits, probably. And then the chorus would be, like, what song Facebook status? I'm paging Jonathan Colton.
0: By the way, I've got your next song idea there. So. I'm glad to be here at the birth of this idea,
2: because I, I think this is going to be big. That's uh, you know really the, the ideas here they come so so fast and furious Dave. it's just uh, it's it's difficult so well yeah, it might be
0: a, like another long running thing you could do is like really irritating songs of the seventies because there's a ton of them right like one of my my personal favorites is White Dove the
2: White Dove oh right da, right right da, da, da. yeah there's no call oh. for that song oh no man. that doesn't need to exist <laughs> uh, yeah, the seventies I would say are. I would say the 70s are probably, uh, that's our tackiest decade, musically speaking, um, you know, and just, and just a whole lot of weird, like it was all a bunch of guys with like these like strange, they had like bib overalls with nothing on underneath and like a weird, like a, like a floppy felt hat, mm-hmm. and like standing in a field and then playing like Bad Almond Brothers knockoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really what the 70s, when I think of 70s music, that's what I think of there, so. Like One Tin Soldier. I'm looking at. The, I'm sorry, Maybe I don't There think are don't five to...
3: pages of status so Just look at those and read whatever everyone's <laughs> I'm just
2: looking at this. Um, uh, let's but thank see. you to
3: Brian and Mark and Susan and Ed, and they've all changed their status profiles to. Yeah,
2: there's there's... All, they're currently listening to the Rick Emerson Show on 970 AM. How about this one? Brian does what he is told while staying to the Rick Emerson Show. Good for you, <laughs> sir. Um, let's see. I'm trying to read. The, here's a. Um, let's see. Um, okay, here's. I won't say who this is from from a uh, somebody we know. This Facebook entry just says, this is the status, blank, it's Liz Hummer, uh, <laughs> is eating a Lunchable in the Hearst yeah. Cafeteria way sexier than elementary school. Gustav is not feeling when economically
3: music st- underneath this, right? You can't start this without music.
2: I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah, uh, there's, yeah. a, little, there's oh, a little...
3: How about, why don't we do this one again?
2: See, but this, this isn't dreamy uh, enough. Yeah, yeah. I think it works. It's too... No, because we, that Deserterata thing, it's all, it's all, it's all very... Seriously, put white dove That would that would be perfect. For We'd it. need to find a karaoke. It's like an age of Aquarius kind of a thing. That's sort of what age you mean yeah. that we want Well, let's try that. Let's try a karaoke Age of Aquarius. That would work. But don't you think, like, and again, I, I'm really not not even kidding about this. This is the sort of thing that Jonathan Colton will then take and turn into like a, like a like a huge song where it's just what's on my Facebook status right now. And then the deal is, like, if you're if you're one of Jonathan Colton's like Twitter friends or MySpace friends or Facebook friends, then I've got his next huge viral promotion. If you're a friend with Jonathan Colton on Facebook, he'll go through and he'll pick out like the fifty best, weirdest status things and then he'll string them all together into a song. Screw that. It's not Jonathan Colton's song, it's the next Rick Emerson song. That's what I'm gonna do. Um Alright, let's see here. What else do I have? Let's see what uh if there was a Facebook uh let's see. Um Boy, all the, the people at KNRK are just, boy, they're really, really into this. That's a free time over at that station. Tara is, has done her last break.
3: No, but look, but Tara does home. one every about five minutes.
2: Tara is still on the air. let see. Okay,
3: it's not fair that you're reading them.
2: Let's see. Um, I, should, should I wait? YouTube,
0: so okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, sorry, you know, sorry, sorry. This just reminds oh. me, we were just talking, Sarah and I were talking off air. The one thing I don't understand about Facebook is, why would I care?
2: You don't, and there's no reason why you would. The I,
0: end. There are some people who have really interesting things to put on there, but there are other people that are like, went to the bathroom.
2: <laughs> Has just had a
1: satisfying I
3: movement. love passive aggression in, like the, you know, in web form. It's like, you know, so-and-so is wondering if you're thinking of them as much as I'm
1: thinking of <laughs> <laughs> See, that's just spooky.
3: It's totally creepy.
2: Hey, by the way, I don't think uh, Kelly Clark's going to show up. I think we've been stood up today. So she supposed to be at 2, 2.15. So, all right. Well. In two weeks, she'll get another. Kelly Clark is currently being planned forward to two weeks from today because (laughs) she was late. Uh, Why? uh... Marcia
3: has a lot going on.
2: And you know, here's the thing if you're writing on your Facebook uh, status, you don't have a lot. You have nothing going on.
3: Richie Bristol's trying to find the chick that he duct taped. (laughs) It really says that.
2: All right, we should be clear about this. It's not like a girl he lost this morning somehow, and she's around town. He just can't remember what vacant building she stashed in. <laughs> this is a woman from some time ago. Hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hey, Rick. Hi. Uh,
4: this this are, uh, I can't remember the name of the song the, the funny name that you just played from the '70s.
2: Desiderata, there was sir.
4: There was a, there was a send up of that uh, from National Lampoon.
2: Deterioracta, they called it. Oh, oh. it was hilarious. Yeah, it's a it rotating the, the universe. Yeah, I had a, for a good time, call five 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 seven three two one. As for candy. Yeah. I'll play Deterioracta maybe uh, later. That was, Deterioracta was great because, that, again, that, de- that Deserterata thing is just so dumb. Yeah. And as they always uh, do, you know, National Lampoon really knew how to skewer it. And so there was a lot of, uh, you know, um, you should be getting more cheese in your diets. <laughs> uh, so it's not like I'm the first person to do it. They, they, that was really funny, that Deterioracta song. Yeah, it was, and at the end, you know, it says, give up. Yes, the <laughs> the universe continues to deteriorate. Give up. And then the final chorus, uh, which is just, uh, yeah, wonderful. I'm glad somebody else remembers that. Well done, sir. There you go. Thank okay. you. All right. Someone is shoving 14 children out of her body. Hello. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson program.
4: Hello, Rick. I have a viso sighting.
2: Is this uh, Andy the homeschool kid? It, yes, it is. How are you today, sir?
4: I am wonderful.
2: Are you, in fact, shiny? Would you say you're more or less shiny than yesterday?
4: Uh, Less shiny than yesterday because I bought a new Disney book a couple days ago and went through that
2: yesterday. What do you mean a new Disney book?
4: I'm going to Disney World in May, and the guidebooks actually help.
2: What does one um, Disney World, not Disneyland? No, not Disneyland. Uh, What do you do while using I mean, what does a Disney guidebook help you do? Um,
4: Multiple things. Uh, first off, it has, you know, run-throughs of the various hotels. hmm uh, it has things like how long the bus takes to get from one hotel to a park.
2: Do you, let me ask you this, uh, do you, Andy, do you plan out your Disney World trip using some sort of, like, a like with a computer program or a, a spreadsheet or just pen and paper, or do you just commit it all to memory? In other words, do you have, like, a whole A through Z of how you're going to be doing that?
4: Neither, because, not pen and paper and not in my head, because if you try and have a plan... Mm-hmm. You will not be able to stick to it you because have to see- some ride will break down or you'll r- be running late. The only plan I stick to is reservations at restaurants.
2: Unanticipated variables are what that's what gives you the problem there.
4: Yes, you'll oh. enjoy it much more if you just go with the flow. I think I'll ride Space Mountain now.
2: <laughs> I'm going to excerpt that by the way. Um, mm-hmm. The just final question here: uh, Do you have? Uh, I was going to ask if you have a favorite ride. It sounds like it may in fact be Space Mountain.
4: Actually, not. Uh, that's my favorite at Disney What is it's your favorite
2: port- ride at Disney World, sir?
4: Uh, I'd have to go with Expedition Everest. All right. All it right. involves a backwards roller coaster through the dark.
2: And we're done. All right. Uh, so viso sighting, sir.
4: Yes. The uh seven eleven at the corner of Cornell and 25th in Hillsborough. All right. I'm on
2: 25th has,
4: in Last I checked... Star, Vigor, Will, and Straw Key.
2: See, and I can never find the star in the dynamo in one place. It's always either yeah. or, or if you're in my neighborhood, neither.
4: Well, up until today, I couldn't find star anywhere, and right. I've been searching very much.
2: All right. Excellent. Well, thank you for the heads up, my
4: friend. I, uh, also, one other thing. Yes, sir. I wanted to pimp ProFlowers as well, because it's very good.
2: And so have you, uh, now have you used the ProFlowers service, Andy? Yes. To so whom so, have you sent flowers, if I may ask?
4: Uh, a girl named Simone. And is she your girlfriend, Andy? Uh not quite. It's a bit of a long distance relationship, but if if we lived in the same town
2: Does she, she live in Canada?
4: No. Okay. She lives Elsewhere. In Sisters, Oregon, which is, you know, like a Kennewick with a different name. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, uh, good things come from towns like that. And you know what? Uh, No distance is too great for true love, sir. Uh, So you sent Pro Flowers. Was this recently or was this some time ago? This was just recently. She got the flowers today. All right. Did you send send her flowers from proflowers.com because you heard them on this very fine radio station?
4: In fact, I did. Excellent. Attention advertisers. All right.
2: Was she, in fact, uh, was she happy and elated and ecstatic about these flowers? She was
4: thrilled, and I liked it, too, because I was able to check... Obsessively every five minutes, the status of the flowers.
2: And you were so a- Andy is checking the status of his, and so you, your status <laughs> could have been in fact that you were checking the status of pro flowers and their delivery.
4: Yes. All right. Oh, and with the Facebook thing, that yes. probably won't work because you've got, you can't synchronize because you've got listeners on the radio, but you've also got listeners on the stream who aren't getting the delay.
2: But couldn't we send that now on Facebook? Because I don't use that. I use uh, the MySpace. On Facebook, can you send it a bulletin, Sarah? Can you do like a MySpace bulletin, but on Facebook? Um, could you be like Sarah is commanding you to. I mean, it wouldn't be your status, but no, if you send I'm out a thing like. Right now. But Please. could you send out a bulletin saying like, don't forget in five minutes we will all be changing our status.
4: You can write a note yeah. that says that and tag everybody.
2: There you go. We should do something like that. We'll make Richie do it. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to do that. We'll have Richie. Well, that that sounds like grunt work for Richie. All right. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. There you go. Ooh, there are
3: some new ones that just updated their profile. Well, thanks to like, there are about fifteen people on there now who actually there. Excellent fools.
1: All right. I'd like to thank you all, and uh, you are. Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity.
3: Okay, I did find some kind of music. So do you want us to read a few of them?
1: Yes,
2: and then we should do the breakup story. Then we should do the break. Uh, so uh, Richie Bristol, can you uh, can you join us in the studio here? We got to do the uh, uh, we got to do your breakup story, and then we'll do the listeners as well. And then we will have more news with Dave Schmicky, the top five, and uh, and then you know Rick Emerson is wondering where Kelly Clark went <laughs> and why she never. She's
3: right there. Oh, I see. Well, all right. Oh, she's doing us a favor by coming. You stop giving that. I'm just
2: saying she's on some the Pacific time uh, plus twenty. All right. Oh, pristine. You've seen finger gestures. Such a pristine girl. All right. It's at five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. So without further ado, what am I doing? Am I doing the, uh, are we doing the breakup thing now, or am I reading more? Do you have the music? No, yeah,
3: you're reading some more people's you know, right. Facebook status. Okay. Before well, they realize that we're reading them on the, so those are before we started talking about it. All right,
2: ladies and gentlemen, uh, we now give you uh, the Facebook uh, status. There wasn't
3: any instrumental uh, age of Aquarius, so I found something else.
2: Should I give their first name, last name, neither, or both? First name. All
3: right. Yeah, not last name. <clears throat> I don't want to lose all
2: my friends in one day. Somebody named Emerson, I can't start with that one, even though it's the best.
3: Oh, was high school with that guy.
2: Tara is getting ready for the 90s at noon. And then there's like a hundred more from her telling it, like, what she's doing every 30 seconds. Tara is staring blankly out a window. Uh... Tara's trying to find something She's i going to
3: tell you what she's eating as well.
2: Tara's looking for something even more insignificant to
1: spend her daylight hours doing.
2: And failing. Carrie is convincing herself that she's not getting a cold. And will going, is going to see the bird and the bee tonight. Crossing her fingers. Erin is unsure if she should join Twitter. Holly is glad the work week is halfway done. Emerson, not me, is ready for two hours of American Idol and tacos tonight. (laughs) Nicole was unaware the Mormon church was ever tax-exempt. Chris grows tired of the black helicopter talk in the next cube over. Richie is trying to find that chick that he duct-taped one time in a basement. Marcia has a lot going on. Not really. Brian says all this talk about stimulus is making me hot. Jessica is broken. And inadvertently hilarious, by the way. <laughs> well, we'll bring the curtain down on that now. I think we found an exciting new way to amuse people on this program. I really well do done, Sarah. Really all right. <laughs> right. I just need to find a chorus, though, you know, we, that we can, you know, we wrap it up with some sort of a big. Uh, yeah, a big uplifting hook at the end of that.
3: Well, they printed out some MySpace ones, too, but they aren't as interesting. No,
2: because that's all like mood, ninja, Well, know, was, just...
3: And MySpace is more passive aggressive than Facebook, like this one says, blank. Can't wait to see what tacky, misspelled inanity you post next. Mood. Angry.
2: See, and that's a whole lot of... Uh, Blank is desperately hoping that somebody will care about the meaningless goings-on in his life and will ask him about his MySpace status and what it could possibly mean. Because there's nothing more interesting than listening to the natterings of somebody talking about why they put up an emoticon. Is there? All right. You've got to stop. <laughs> All right, because then I'm just going to, you know... It's sort of like a Ginsburg, but with, uh, you know, like a binary sort of Ginsburg, Moloch, eater of men. All right, we'll take a break. Back after this with uh, the breakup story. Richie Bristol, Kelly Kelly Clark has entered the studio. Uh, Dave Schmicki will have news for you. We'll do the uh, top five, top five apocalyptic songs of all time and more. Stay there; it's a Rick Emerson show. I'm going anywhere.
1: the cbs radio center in downtown portland
0: this is the news well pop queen madonna isn't letting age prevent her from stripping down with a 20 some 20 something year old Brazilian model us com reports, 50-year-old Madonna will be featured in a 46-page provocative photo shoot in the March issue of W Magazine. 46-page? No one wants to see that. That is the thing that
2: no one is asking to see.
0: I, I know. She's in a series of sexy poses alongside Jesus Luz, who is rumored to be 22 years of age. And this is a sh- surprise to absolutely no one. The pictures tell the story of a powerful, sexy woman playing oh. with her young boy toy in a Rio de Janeiro G- G- hotel. Stop. I can... Not it's you, just yeah.
1: embarrassing. Madonna. It really. Ends, it's don't get me wrong.
2: I love Madonna. I really do. But first of all, the rumored to be 22. That doesn't make any sense. Like that's a that's a rumor that doesn't. That's like he's wearing pants that are rumored to be blue. Like, <laughs> are you make that's are ridiculous. I mean, yeah, that, that seems to be a rather binary state. Uh, also, about which no one cares. And Sarah and I were talking about this when Madonna was on the cover of uh, Vanity Fair a while back, and she was doing this whole. You know, she had like the weird. Like a kind of a – not a leotard, but, you know, like very – like this sort of like workout garb. It was kind of like the hung-up video, but it was like this forest green kind of thing she had on. And the deal with – the problem with Madonna is – here's an interesting comparison. Madonna is like Dick Clark in that, you know, of course, every New Year's now, we come in, you know, after the first show after the New Year celebration, and everybody has – we have to have the obligatory elephant in the room conversation about Dick Clark and how it's a whole lot of, you know – You know, so, Dick, how are you? I'm right. You know, and it's just a whole lot of weirdness, and you can't really, you know, and it's like this weird zombie Clark thing. And Sarah asked me this, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago when we were talking about Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve, which is like the most uncomfortable one yet, because it's just like, I hate to be rehashing New Year's Eve, because Dick, Dick Clark would do a couple of things. One is... When the camera was on him, but he wasn't talking, like Seacrest was doing the whole, like, and we're down here in Times Square, and, you know, and he, we'd be talking to whatever, and he's talking about how it's the biggest thing ever, and best celebration on record. The camera would be on Dick Clark, but he wasn't talking. And so I think Dick Clark is one of those guys who is a compulsive performer. He's got to constantly be doing something, you know, like Bob Hope was. He's just got to be, you know, doing something to keep the people uh, interested. So he would just sort of be, like, mugging for the camera, which I think works before you've had a stroke. After you've had a stroke, and by the way, no one can understand you, when you mug, you just it's like that photo of John McCain after the debate where it looked like he was lurching after Barack Obama to suck out his spinal fluid. <laughs> and it was just terrifying. And as the night went on, the sound guys were putting Dick Clark lower and lower in the mix. And so at the beginning of the evening, it was like, here in Times Square. for the... But by the end of the night, that was just sort of a faint muttering in the background, and it was a lot of, ah! in the foreground as they miked to the crowd to cover him up. Sarah says, why, why doesn't he quit? And I said, because, like, you just think about him as being the guy in television. The reality is he's a huge player in the entertainment industry. He's a massively, he's a powerful man. And people don't r- recognize the empire that Dick Clark has and that there's just no one powerful enough to tell him no. There's no one who has the authority to sit him down and be like, look, like, you've got to, like, it's time to go, friend. You've you got to get out. Same thing with Madonna. There is no one who can sit her down and get through to her that, like, you've got to stop dressing like you are a 21-year-old gymnast. It's not working. Mm-hmm. And so on the front of this Vanity Fair magazine, it was like she was just, what is it that the, was it Guy Ritchie said that having relations with, with her was like being with a piece of gristle? hmm I mean, and I can really see where he's coming from there. And she needs to start doing these sort of the older, sophisticated kind of couture look. I mean, that's the thing she could pull off because she's a very stylish woman. Which she won't because then she'd have to come to terms with the fact that she's aging. Exactly. She won't. That's
0: oh. the thing. And if you hear the, the name of her new tour, you know she clearly is not getting that message.
2: Sticky and what? sweet tour. Oh. All right. I'll take tired and obvious tour. I Kelly Clark. Hello, Kelly Clark. How are you?
8: Hey, guys. I'm doing well.
2: All right. Uh, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week joining us uh, today.
3: Yes. How are you today, Kelly Clark? I'm doing great.
8: I was waiting for, for, for you know Rick to say something pithy, but then it just sort of went out nowhere. No, no, no. Uh,
2: no, Rick Emerson is feeling strangely magnanimous. Uh, so are we gonna do the you breakup thing down. here and then we'll and then we'll talk to uh Kelly about alignment? No, no, we're gonna do, we're gonna news, do more news, news than then the breakup.
3: breakup thing? Then break,
2: then All, right. Kelly, then All right. We're <laughs> now we're just reaching that critical mass of people in the studio <laughs> and there's like only so many bright shining objects before I just become terminally confused. <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen, once again with the news, Dave Schmitke. Well, residents in a rural
0: area of Darwin, Australia, have renamed their street Dildo Boulevard after 30 sex toys were found lying in front of a house on Friday morning. Robert Johns and Laurel Bates discovered the mysterious toys as they left for work in the morning. It's a real mystery, that's a quote. We have no idea where they came from. What is his name? Uh, it's Robert Johns and Laurel Bates. All right. This is my favorite part, though. Um, there's, there's a quote from one of them, and I, this is, I think, what stands out to me. I know they aren't new. They look
2: used. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, okay. How would you know? You know, I don't, really, I don't really know the answer to that. Because then, as soon as I start, then I just picture Buster Bluth uh, kind of going, ah, uh, this one's used. <laughs> 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 I'm going to put it in the pots and pan setting.
8: I'm but, confused though, but they named a street after them? Well, they I had, had a colloquial. Just, uh, you know, ah, for the I'm saying event. you know if it snows, you don't name you know your street Blizzard Alley. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
2: no but I I think I don't think it was like an official. This wasn't uh, like a governmental thing. This is just no. sort of.
0: They just painted over an existing
2: sign with paint. Like and, a felony flats uh, yeah. kind yeah. of a thing. Exactly. Just sort of a, what the local <laughs> townspeople call. It. By the way, just and. and
3: well, i not think Mike's work. This is kind of awkward. Well,
2: that one has the weird hum on it, but it's okay. It
3: didn't last time.
2: All right. Well, let's pot up mic number three. Well, well good, there's yeah. the hum, but Am it's okay. I we'll, yeah, no, no, that's fine. We'll work. We'll work past it. Don't yeah. worry about it. Okay. Um, but do um, Ray Emerson is asking Sarah Dillon to send him a reminder about the humming microphone. <laughs> but we were talking about wood shop yesterday, and metal shop in high school, and how you know typically it's just a place where they stick a bunch of miscreants, you know, or people the school doesn't want to deal with, you know, like some troublemaker, and, you know. I don't know, but, but the wood shop kids on the other side of town in that building, and I say that in, in, in wood shop at least when I was going to school, it's always just a matter of time until the kid gets in trouble for making something he's not supposed to be making <laughs> or using like a nail gun for something other than its intended purpose. And so Richie puts up on the screen... Let me ask you this, Dave. Let me use spend some time with Richie now. Uh, fill in this sentence. This is something Richie told me yesterday. Richie said, I got expelled from woodshop class for making a blank. Um, bong. See, that is exactly what I was going to say. That, which is, that is correct, is it not? Yeah. All right, so Richie wow. made a bong. The best part is I ask Sarah the same question. I go, Sarah, d- like fill in the blank here. Richie Bristol was expelled from Woodshop class for making a blank on school time. And Sarah goes, I don't know, dildo? <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is like, I guess, equally plausible given uh, Richie, but also sort of disconcerting. Because then you're just thinking about a big splintery sex aid. Not in the eighth oh. grade, though. I was still a virgin. All right. Well, I know you've got <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, Dave, uh, Dave Schmicky. <laughs> you
0: didn't know that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, you know, the scary thing about this is, uh, uh, you know, on Friday morning, the number of dildos laying on the street had uh, decreased. And the, other, the next <laughs> quote is, yeah, some of the bigger ones are gone. <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, you Aww. should know at this point that that uh, cupboard, the sort of a storage area behind Sarah, at one point was filled uh, with a whole bunch of uh, sexual aids and uh, lubricants uh, from one of our many fine sponsors. They dropped off a big box of porn for us at one point and just sexual stuff and left back there. And Sarah and I went, like as a gag, we had, you know, like, there was this, like, uh, how do I put this? It was um, uh, a lubricant designed for a very specific sexual act.
3: Oh, the one that was in here for, like, months?
2: Yes, and it was cherry-flavored, which sort of raises all kinds of... And then it, one day the it questions as well. right? Well, we were, we sort of had it on the air like, hey, look at this. It's a it's a wacky it's a wacky lubricant meant mm. for a special kind of know, forbidden it's, love. It's still next to my bed. And it, so, <laughs> yes, and so one day it was just and gone. The and then Richie goes, oh, I got that at home. And it was like he'd <laughs> taken it home because he needed it for something or other. He was hungry. Just like, yeah. the, well, it's like the Sarah Palin blow-up doll vanished. And we found out now that Richie keeps his cash in the most private of places uh, in the Sarah Palin doll. So, no one will look there. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's do one more, and then we'll do uh, the breakup story here.
0: Uh, yeah, okay. Let's see here. An all-day argument over the... And this is in Farmington, Mass. An all-day argument over the public library's operating hours turned violent Saturday when a Massachusetts man struck his living girlfriend and forbade her from leaving the home. Gildasio Costa faces charges of domestic assault and battery threats, kidnapping, and forced confinement after he repeatedly struck his girlfriend Saturday evening. Again, police say the argument started over the operating hours of the library. This argument started around 11 a.m. and continued until 4 p.m. And, you know, it goes into a bunch of details here, which is just domestic violence, and it's, just, it's just really ugly.
2: But, again, the basis of this story being... But, I mean, does it specify the nature of the dispute? I mean, like the actual...
3: They're arguing about the hours of when the library was open. But, yeah. I mean,
2: how... But, but I mean, how do you arrive at that? I mean, I guess that's the, I mean, like, for what reason? Like, what, why would such an argument even take place in the first
0: place? Well, and my question is, if it starts at 11 a.m. and the argument ends at 4 p.m., that would give you enough
2: time. Could
1: actually <laughs> go to the library. You
2: could actually, go and find out. Or, in fact, you just look it up. Now, that's a really good point. Like, the computers run, you could walk to the library by that point to see if it was open. That doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. Right.
0: That's, yeah. It's just weird. And I'm sorry to end the news quotient on that.
2: On the goofy story. Well, no, yeah, but here's story. the thing is like, uh, look, we all know this is true too, that in stories about, uh, I don't care whether it's domestic violence, bar brawl, whatever, in stories about one person hitting another person, there is always one participant in that story, sometimes two. That is deeply stupid, like in just the most incurable way. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's almost like two brothers, and they're sitting there and they're fighting about like, you know, wh- where'd you have the clicker? You know, because they can't, qu- you know, because they can't figure out how to change channels or something. I mean, there's always one person in that story that really is just like it's a big echo chamber on top of their shoulders. I mean, you know it's true. So, all right, all right ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again for another ProFlowers. com Happy Valentine's Day or not breakup story. Uh, go to 970.am, click on the banner that says Happy Valentine's Day or not. If we read your breakup story on the air, you win a $75 gift card to proflowers.com. And go to proflowers.com, click the microphone on the upper right-hand corner, type in my last name, Emerson, E-M-E-R-S-O-N, or call 1-800-PRO-FLOWERS and tell me you heard it on this show for a fantastic deal. It is uh, ProFlowers. Dot com. So I'm going to start with the, uh, the listener submission today, which again, because we're picking these randomly, not sort of uh, based on the story. It is kind of just, uh, it's luck that we've had some really kind of staggering tales to tell, but these are being picked randomly. So I'll read this one, then we'll transition into the latest story from... Don't you, Bristol? All right, are we, uh, are we prepared? All right. This is the latest submission in the Happy Valentine's Day or Not breakup contest. And again, I, I I really want to just sort of undersell this one because it's just randomly picked and it's.
3: Why are we randomly picking them? Why don't we just pick?
2: Because 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 if you're picking them, I think because you have to randomly pick them because it's some like it's like a contest thing. It's like a rule thing because then if you're picking them based on whatever, then it's like there's a dispute about why did you pick mine?
8: Because all love is beautiful and special, Sarah. <laughs> Here's thing. An... <laughs>
3: If it, because if, sure words, never
8: been if they're
2: entering <laughs> online and then we're and then we're hand picking the winners, I think there's certain parameters, and then it's like people get pissed off about it. They're like, why did you pick that one? Wherever random, it they just give
3: like give us four content that we have to read. I'm just no no no. Here's the thing. <laughs> At the
2: yes. end, we're gonna read them all though. At the end of the contest, we're okay. gonna go through and we're gonna read all the best. Because
3: I have ones. some friends who wanted to submit it. But they're just like, oh, it's
2: pretty bad, and no. I mean, the, the long story short is this way, it stops people from complaining that theirs wasn't chosen. You know what mm. I mean? Because mine was way better than that. Why didn't you pick me? And we say, look, they're random, and that's you know. The mm. This one just says, I was a month away from proposing to her, on our anniversary, when she told me she'd fallen for a married man, even after she knew I'd bought her a ring. I was depressed for four months and drank vast amounts of alcohol to drown the pain. I even tried going back to church, I was so desperate. But I found someone else, and I'm glad it's over. She wasn't worth it. F her. Young love is a bitch. So he ends there with, you know, it's like sort of on a... On and a, now he has
3: a new girlfriend to buy flowers. On a life-loving
2: hate. Uh, congratulations, Mark. You've won a $75 gift card at Proflowers.com. Well, look, they can't, all be, they can't all be the woman who found a penis pump, uh, like hidden in the basement of the house, and then found her husband uh, canoodling with a hooker. So uh, for that, we have oh, Richie wow. Bristol. Hello, Richie. Hello. All right. Are we uh, prepared for your, uh, your next anecdote? Sure. All right. It's called
1: Full Moon. <laughs> all right. From what period of your life does this story come? Uh, beyond, uh, what do they call it, Statue of Limitations. Okay. And by Statue of they,
3: Limitations?
2: Isn't
1: that like seven years? Well, first of all, I don't know.
2: Secondly, maybe you should uh, give this give like another moment of consideration <laughs> while we're discussing this. And thirdly, you, you mean they as in the authorities who would come and imprison
1: you? No, no. it was just... uh, just Okay, more wackiness. Okay, go ahead. Many, many moons ago, once again I lived with an exotic dancer. Imagine that. Is there a trend here? Yes. I used to date and live with strippers. That was long, long ago. Three out of the many strippers I dated were well-known. Spotlight types, so well-known that they appeared on the covers of some Portland infamous magazines. Like of the exotic type. But the weird thing about some dancers, some, not all, but some are sometimes dishonest. One claimed to be a receptionist, another claimed to be a phone operator, and another a graveyard call center rep. I dated what I thought were normal girls. To find out later, they were all actually strippers. Some of the stories I have are so crazy that I don't believe it would be right to read on the air, and some of that would... Some that would inevitably make everyone everywhere not look at me the same again.
2: <laughs> I think no. it's concern. No. Seriously, the oh, no. ship has sailed and struck a coral reef and sunk and been discovered by
1: archaeologists in the future. But worse than this. Okay. Examples range from the with a fight with baby bottles to jamming a pencil in my leg to make a point. But here's just a quickie. <clears throat> One night in a house where I lived with a blondie with D's. In which whom I had only broken up with the day before, or still lived with while packing to move out and away. This is hurting my head. This is a different one
3: that you moved in with and yes. moved out.
1: Okay. Yeah. I woke up in the middle of the night to find her laying on the couch with another man, so silently spooning, as looking as in love.
2: As looking <laughs> have you as je- if in have love. Have you translated
1: this from Japanese? <laughs> as looking as if in love. Okay. Until the blondie, spooning man, so silently sleeping, was woken by screams of passion and fists of fury. Until finding himself walking naked down the street. Shoes in hands, fat lip, black eyes, and the feeling of what a young boy feels like after a spanking from his daddy. He was sorry, so sorry, yes so sorry, for bringing this man to a den. To face the wrath of a man with red eyes and horns that defended his love on a full moon night. The end. Wow. Look at X haiku. That was my I'm so confused. Porn. I don't understand do you anything. Think with
3: horns and red eyes?
2: And what do you? What kind of daddy is spanking you on the face? I don't understand. No, 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 no! Please okay. never read that again. Okay. He's Richie Bristol, ladies and gentlemen. Yay. All right, well done. <laughs> Thank you. You may go now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hello, Kelly Clark.
8: Hey, how am I supposed to follow that up?
2: Well, you had a story. See now, here, and I haven't revealed what it was, but I well, I emailed, I sent Kelly this email. And I was uh, that I it's like, hey, we're doing these breakup stories. Do you have a breakup story to oh, tell? Oh yeah. And you You are like, oh, I have this one story, and I won't say what it was. But you are like, I have this one story about a guy, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. But I don't think that's radio appropriate.
3: Well, and you have, and you alluded to the fact that it might have been because I've told three of my breakup stories. Uh-huh. And, Fantastic,
2: um, by the way. Yeah, and, and, I don't
3: think mine. No, and he right. alluded to the fact that one that yours was similar
2: to. Uh, oh, what like yours it? was one it? Yeah, yours is. I, in the
3: same ballpark. Uh, what?
2: It, it, yeah, it's on the same base. Should uh, I give
3: a bullet point of?
2: To... Well, yeah, if you want a bullet point quickly, the stories you've told, and then uh, you'll know which one uh, I'm talking about. Because because okay. like, that's not radio appropriate, and I don't know if that means like. You literally think it's not appropriate for the radio, or if you just like, uh, if it's like not appropriate, because like uh, you know you don't uh, like. Oh uh, no, it's uh, just like Mr. I work for, Mr I work Kelly for a
8: week, so you know a, a lot goes at my place of business, and so I try uh, to be sensitive, you know, when I'm on the recording show. No, no, no. no.
2: Yes, because we are the. Uh, this is the home of modesty and decorum. Exactly, right. I think of you guys as. <laughs> well, this is sort of the broad source of. Um.
3: All right, go. Okay, so. Uh boyfriend in a band had a, had a dedicated a song to me called this is all new year's eve dedicated a song to me called shut your mouth threw a beer in my face at midnight woke up my car was vandalized killed held my personal property for ransom and this other one uh, asked me after a month if i wanted to have a threesome uh he then bought uh a dildo molding kit with his ex-girlfriend who he had never used it with and he asked if i would uh, in fact be interested in molding his whatever um and then there was the lying about his ex-girlfriend being in town kind of thing that that was just the whole episode. yeah number
8: two uh, eerily similar although it involves two different uh events in my life number yeah. one had a guy uh, yeah had a guy I was dating ask if I would have a threesome with him and his best friend and then his... dumped me afterwards when I said no wait best oh, friend? See,
3: mine wanted a girl he's just like hey I oh no suicide he
8: wanted was his best friend who was a guy and I wasn't so much weirded out by it it was the timing
3: it was the idea, like, isn't that something you do, like, 20 years after you're married How
8: long and you're trying to
2: All right, I was going to say, now we have months. to go back to the beginning. Oh, me so, too.
3: Yeah, just a couple months. Oh, my God, we should exchange names, names of the same person. And I actually
8: understand the dildo molding kit as well, but I was reviewing one for Willamette Week and then accidentally left it on the
2: Portland Streetcar. And, <laughs> and you my, make someone very and happy. And my
8: boyfriend never got to use it. So that actually was a potential breakup, but he took me back. All right, oh, so, wait,
2: okay. so, so let's back up for a second. So uh, <laughs> so the, the f- recent thing. So you're dating some guy. Yeah, and, this, and not how, for very long. How long have you been together?
8: I think a couple months, and I was visiting him, and they were having a raucous party, and it was a, definitely a good time, and he was well into his cups and decided that this was the time that we should share our love with his best friend of many years. So, oh,
2: man. uh, you know, I just I think that we've got a really uh, sense tender love and I think that you are be a, be better with more body parts <laughs> A delicate jewel and a flower <laughs> that I wish to treat with the utmost of uh, respect and adoration because I think that you are really the embodiment of all that is angelic and so Bob and I would like to double team you <laughs> exactly <laughs> I mean, like a recording of the night but I mean is it like so the best one is a guy? Yes. Was it the, do you think it was the the, guy, the best friend's idea or he, or you, your then boyfriend's idea? I think it
8: was the boyfriend. And I, I don't know if I would call him my boyfriend. I, the I, guy I you were after seeing. This, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't call him that. But, yeah, and then a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden, we weren't meshing well. We weren't we weren't working. I think we were looking for different things. And mostly he was looking for Well, he for was looking to see his thing. friend's Pearl. penis. Yeah. I mean, that's clearly. I the... told them that they could, you know. That, that that's probably where it needed to go. I think I yelled that at some point. That but the it, two of them ought to be together. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like it's
2: like it's that he dumped you when you wouldn't do it. Is the thing that's
8: yeah not that the other you know and maybe you know. it wasn't maybe there's uh, 10 million other horrible things about me
3: but i'm assuming that was at the top of the list
2: jesus so. well the, the thing about uh you know when when <laughs> when sarah uh when the guy asked sarah about that so,
3: uh... so he kept asking me he's like so what kind of girls are you attracted to and i'm like i'm not a crack- attracted to girls dude i'm like i don't have a type like mm-hmm. and he's like no but what kinds do you find pretty i'm like i i don't you know like they're fine looking i don't have like a certain type and then he just whips out the whole, like, oh, I have this friend who's a suicide girl who he had slept with before. Oh, well. Which is very classy. And it's like, oh, great. So this guy I'm newly dating is not telling me wants to sleep together again.
2: with the But it's like the, the way that was actually phrased was the thing that, look, and I'm like, I'm a dumb guy. Don't get me wrong. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, like, off the charts dumb. But I think, if I remember correctly... The guy had already done some other jackhole thing where it's like he just, you know, he'd put his foot like right in it. And it's and I, as I told Sarah, like, okay, guys are essentially one-celled organisms, and sometimes not even that. And it's like, you know, they get one free shot because they're just dumb animals. I mean, you know, it's like guys are like puppies. You know, you get like, okay, there's your one. Now we've learned, don't do that again. Mm-hmm. But the guy's like, so anyway, but so then you wouldn't ever like have a, a like a threesome with me and another girl. And I give all guys who do that that same voice. But and so, like, no, you know, it's not that's not my not my scene. I'm not into the idea. It's just not for me. And sure. and and he goes, okay, so you wouldn't have like a type or nothing. And she says, no, 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 I would not have a type friend. And but then Sarah, of course, being a you know being a an intelligent woman, and this guy being you know a guy, okay. Sarah says the oldest trick in the book. Well, uh, well, what about you? Bob, uh, I mean, do you have a woman in mind? Do you
3: have somebody in mind? I mean, it's right. It's and like, the I? The answer is no. Yeah, and he didn't even hesitate. He's like, yes, I do. <laughs> He's like, well, uh, you know that
2: suicide girl I was
3: talking no,
8: about earlier. Really he alive. thought that oh, he had talked you into it, that his words had just sent you over the edge oh. into exploration. <laughs> I, I could and control head myself. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
2: So anyway.
8: Man, so Sarah.
3: So don't feel as I am not feel And did your person that. live in town?
8: He lived in, uh, no, a town a, a little while. Okay. A little while away. Yeah. So we didn't have to run into each other often. Or his, you know, soon
2: would-be boyfriend. I don't know. <laughs> so see, Kelly Clark, you're not so alone.
8: I'm not so alone. No.
2: And, uh, you know, well, there you go. Uh, are we? Do we have another break or are we... Uh, yeah, we have four more. Uh, we should do that now, don't you think? Hey, somebody's calling that two-shaped turtle, Dave Schmitke. All right. Excellent. We'll take a break. Back after this, more from uh, Kelly Clark, more from Dave Schmitke. Coming up at 3, Tom Likas, Michael Mara Show at 7, and Phil Hendry at 11 p.m. Uh, stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Don't go anywhere. The saddest part of the broadcasting day. The final segment of the Rick Emerson Radio I'm here with Dave Schmicky. Hello, Dave. Hello, Rick. How are you, sir? Oh, I am doing just... Fine. All right. By the way, if you want to contact Dave uh, Schmidtke, you can and do give so. give him money. Give him money. <laughs> that would be really nice. What not Soupy Sales uh, say that time? He goes, why don't you go into Mom and Dad's wallet and send me those little green pieces of paper? <laughs> um, don't do that if you're listening to me. Um, it is at D dschmitke, that is d-s-c-h-m-i-t-k-e-at-comcast.net. Very good. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Um, because you, have a, you are putting together a, uh, a television to, uh, project for the people.
0: That's right. We are working on putting together another home improvement garden show to air on some station somewhere at some time
2: getting closer every day i, I think All right. so <laughs> you would like to be a part of that and uh that's exactly if you would like to make an indelible mark upon the cultural fabric uh you contact dave schmidtke it is d at comcast.net we'll put that up on the website uh tonight kelly clark from willamette week so nice. we did uh so the next time we have, we'll, have, we'll have more time to talk about this i know everything kind of ran uh late today but you guys have got it's sort of a you know, like, a, you know, what with the trying economic times and all, da-da. It's all of the stuff people can do for not not a whole lot of money and yeah so exactly forth and blah, blah, blah. no
8: and we have got something really cool coming up tomorrow we've got a Harold and Maude sing along I don't
2: know if you've seen that movie yeah yeah
8: yeah, yeah.
2: I was just talking I to... love
8: that movie I, was... I know I lo... okay and you don't love this no, movie no 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 I do in fact I was okay. just
2: going to say I said yes I was just talking to Joni DeRoshi. Joni sent me a text the other night like one of those random things that uh-huh. it was like a it was like a status update actually she's two of them she's like Harold and Maude is genius and texted back like yes absolutely Douglas Copeland actually did this whole essay about heralding, you know, that sort of, you know, mm-hmm. the, the graveyard thing, and um it's just, yeah, it's, it's just a great film, it's just, you know, it's Court. Yeah. Budcourt great so, film. So
8: this is a twist on it that I hadn't heard yet, there's two local guys who have organized a Harold and Maude sing-along, they have a live band they're going to play all the Cat Stevens songs and the entire audience in one gigantic love bubble can sing along with Cat and uh serenade Harold and Maude. Excellent. Yeah, it's ten bucks if you bring two cans of food and you get a whole live band show, plus the full movie it's happening at the Hollywood Theater tomorrow at 7pm and 9pm. It's Okay, I, it is the, the happiest. It's such a good Valentine's Day thing. It's so cool. Very cool. Oh,
3: I love that movie. Now I have to go and rent it.
2: I it. it. it is, it's just, I mean... It, it makes
3: me, it's like so sad, but it's so beautiful.
2: It is, and it's a work of, I mean, it is one of those kind of works of singular vision, mm-hmm. you know, where the, you know, it clearly that was, um, yeah. I think I, I
8: described it as a triumph of intergenerational ugly bumping. <laughs> <That's
2: good>. Excellent. <laughs> well, we have no, uh, this will sound awkward, but uh, Kelly, we don't have any time to talk about Snuggy. Which oh, I know makes it sound thanks. like a so. talking about snoo snooze or something. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, next time, though. Next we'll,
8: time, it's all about Snuggies. Okay. All right, we'll okay. do
2: that. Um, so wait, wait, like 30 seconds here. So here's yeah. the thing. I got these two calls. Mm. They could be great. They could mm. be awful. Mm. Let's do it. Okay. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. You may be the last call of the day. If this call sucks, I'm going to have to go take my life in a very ugly fashion. Go.
4: All right, the dog's name in Touche Turtle yes. is the same name that kazoo called Fred Funstone. Dum dum. That's right.
2: right. Rick Emerson's a genius. And can
4: I do a station of identification?
2: Yes, please.
5: You are now listening to The Rick Emerson Show on AM 970, The Talker.
2: All right. Thank you, sir. Right, Although you
3: we gonna... didn't say other things that we need for a speech
2: identification. That's okay. You know what? Everything in small, incremental steps.
4: Okay.
2: okay. Thank you, my friend. Uh, all right. We want to thank Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. We want to thank Dave Schmidtke for joining us today. CNN uh, radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins, Amanda Moyer, and Steve Kastenbaum join us tomorrow when our guests will include... David Walker, Darcel, and from the National Enquirer, Dorothy Curse, Sorry, Rick Emerson, show produced today in every day with the lovely and talented Sarah Stillin For Amnesty, the talker in the newsroom, Dave Schmick in. The phone's Richard Bristol, The gatekeeper, Dave's in. Webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio, Portland Marketing Guru, Susan Up with me. Reynolds, like us next. Michael O'Mara, short 7, Phil Henry 11. Thank you for listening. See you all tomorrow. 10 for the recap 11 of the show. Bye now.
1: Shiny, a flying term for great use in the television series
5: Firefly and the movie Serenity.